Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready? Let's go! MLD Home Studios. In its ninth season, you are listening to, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Your football party is live with your hosts, Jay and Dre. And we have some extra co-hosts you can hey. hear at the beginning. <laughs> she snuck that in there and then just ran away. <laughs> she thought she was going to be really cool and say that. So, oh, hang on a second. Uh-oh. Hi. Hi. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you doing? I'm great. We're uh, you and your, me and your dad are about to do this long football show. You're you're gonna be asleep by the time we're done with it. When if I'm awake? <laughs> well, you might you might be awake, but I I don't know. It's, it's gonna be a long show. Then I need to have caffeine. No, you don't get caffeine. <laughs> you have to go to bed. Yeah, no caffeine for you. You'd be up all <laughs> night if you had caffeine. Promises. She promising you caffeine? Huh? She promising you caffeine? Okay, good. <laughs> no, only in the daytime. Caffeine is no good at night. Take take it from yes, Uncle Dad. Yes, it Bear. is. <laughs> it is good. But Daddy's having caffeine. No, no, that's beer. But Daddy's having alcohol. Yes, that's the opposite of caffeine. That puts you to sleep. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Okay. You all done, buddy? No, no, you're going to take over the show? You want to do the show for me tonight? Yes. <laughs> Your picks might be better than mine. Oh, that's enough of you. <laughs> Good night, little man. Bye. Good night, buddy. My name is Cheeseballs. Cheeseballs? Okay. <laughs> Good night, Cheeseballs. <sighs> okay little cute factor action there for you tonight. Gotta love it. Gotta well, love yeah, well, my fact. daughter just got home from at her, being at her friend's house, so she ran up here and, you know, wanted to give you a hug, and then she just grabbed the headphones and said she wanted to talk. She had great so timing. She, she waited for my whole long-ass introduction, and then she yeah. waited right to the right perfect moment and stuck her line in and got out of there like a bandit. They're, they're, they're pros. Yeah. You know, that timing just, down pet. Yeah. Especially after uh, having to sit here and do a whole show with me. <laughs> and then Graham wants uh, caffeine. Is that? <laughs> yeah, and beer. <laughs> they well, both came I... up here and like, ooh, can I have some of that? I was like, no, get out of here. <laughs> get out and have my beer. I explained to him that beer is the opposite of caffeine. He thought it was the same thing. I was like, no, you you don't want. Yeah, the beer. <laughs> yeah. 
well, you know, that once the show's over, you know, right to bed. <laughs> yeah. That was a, a different start to our show. It's be- much better than the, sh- the starts in which we are disconnected and can't hear each other. So Yeah, 20, uh, 20 minutes of dead air. That, that's usually yeah. not a very good start to the show. No. Much better start tonight. Uh, you are, if you haven't figured it out already, listening live to the only show that will give you two children at the top of the show hosting the show uh, and their, their wonderful insights. In much less detail to podcast, we are here with you live on a Saturday night, December the 4th, 2021. I'm Dre. He's Jay. Those were his children, the cute factors. Always great to have the cute factors on. And, man, we were talking right before we went on the show, Jay. The longest season ever. It, we have started December, and we have six more weeks of football left. It's, it's, it's never ending. It's, it's interminable almost. <laughs> I mean, it's uh... – it's 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 been a chore. I mean, I guess that's the, I mean, what's the best word that we could use. Is, you know, starting well, that's, that's to, a good starting one, to feel chores. like work, <laughs> right? Chores is a good word. Um, and think about this: this is just the the stopgap. The seventeen is not what the owners want. No. This is just what they yeah. are doing now to sort of ease it in. They're, they're, instead of jamming it all the way in you, they're sort of easing it in. Uh, and eventually they're going to go 18, 18 weeks yeah. for each team, uh, 19 when you count the buy. Um, and it's, uh, I, I don't know. It, they're, they're, what they're doing is testing the love of football for every football fan out there because there is a, a such thing as too much of, of some things. And I think I've always known in my mind for, you know, for many years that they were going to 18 eventually. And I was – I used to really look forward to that day because it's more football, and I and I was a huge football fan. I still am, obviously, but man, they're, they're starting to test it. They're really starting to push how much is too much, and this year is is starting to feel like a, a lot. <laughs> oh, hang on, sorry, sorry. Cute factor number one is up here trying to talk to me <laughs> while you talk to me too, while she brushes yeah. her teeth. So imagine trying to have headphones on, trying to listen to a nine-year-old talk to you while they're brushing their teeth. And listening to a nine-year-old on your headphones, too. Uh, that can't be mm-hmm. easy. <laughs> so, and, she's try- and then trying to grab for my beer. Get out of here. Go downstairs. Good night, sweetheart. Come on. Come here. Give me a hug. Love you. Oh, thank you. Would you kiss me with toothpaste? <laughs> Go to bed. Get out of here. Uh, good night. Uh, hard to believe uh, she's going to be ten in a few months. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> feeling old yet? How time flies, and not as old as you, pal, because you're you're you've been there the whole time. You've seen everything. Yeah, well, yeah, since you know, yeah, since day one. I can only imagine when the next time I see her, how shocked I'm going to be because she's going to be so much bigger since, uh, since the last uh, time I saw her. Well, let's see. She's just a hair under five feet tall. Jesus. Yeah. At at nine. Yeah. Taller than some of my adult relatives already. That's, uh-huh. uh, but uh, of course, she's your daughter. Yeah, she's so that's a tall not girl. A surprise. Yeah, she's a tall girl. You know, uh, Grant hasn't quite had that big growth surge yet, but it's coming. It's coming. Yeah, uh, since, since since they keep grabbing at your uh, alcohol, no, they're uh, they're both downstairs now. So I was able to oh. listen to what you're saying, but no, I I agree. They obviously 18 is the goal. 
Um, I think we're going to end up what with a two week preseason and an 18 week regular season here, probably in the next few years, that would make sense. Cause you can't have this odd number, right? This is just temporary. It's a competitive disadvantage because you end up with these crazy home and away situations. Then you right. factor in some of these teams get hosed because one of their home games, quote unquote home games, air quotes, is uh, London or whatever right. city around the world they want to try to go and play in. You know, if we're gonna, you know, they want to send them to Mexico City, they want to send them to Berlin, who knows where they want to send them um, as they try to make this more international. So now you have an uneven balance of home and away games plus a team that might have to play one of those uneven home games in London. Yeah, it's not a good situation. So obviously you want to have an even number of games. Uh, This would also make, I believe, uh, pro football the only of the four major sports to have an odd-numbered regular season. Correct. Which is weird when you think about it. So, yes, this is a stopgap. This is this is really just a stopgap, and a few years from now we'll be on the show and be. Oh, remember when they had those uh, seventeen game <laughs> schedules? Yeah, yeah. Those are weird, man. I, I remember. I mean, we talk about the rare years that they had the eighteen game week where they had the two bye weeks. Yeah, you tried to do some research and and find out that that was that they only yeah. did it maybe like one year. Or I was two thinking years. it, it only like happened they did a lot longer than that. I thought they only did that one or two times, uh, but I, I again, I didn't, we don't have our crack research staff, quote unquote, right. me, um, <laughs> didn't look that up when we were talking about that on the show. But yeah, it, it's just making the season feel feel really long, um, and and just our season within a season has been probably the craziest season we've had, at least since we've been like the official record going all the way back to even the, the, the couple of years of the blog days. And then since the podcast started, because the, the, the swings back and forth have been crazy. I, I don't think we've had a season yet since we've started doing the locks where we've had a four game swing and then a three game swing the other way. You know, it, it used to be with the locks that we, you get up two and it's over. And it's not and nothing's up, over this year. And you were up four, and I mean, yeah. like this is a runaway, and now you're up one. Now I'm up one. Nothing is a is a complete lock this year. Whether it's our picks, no, uh, the locks, just everything is up in the air and always uh, in flux and going back and forth. No, we've never had a season yeah. like this. We can't blame that on the extra long season because that hasn't even come into play no, yet. Eighteen. Yeah, you know, it's just the randomness of these games the fact i i also truly believe there isn't that like there is no dominant team every you know we talk about this that there are all these teams even the good ones have flaws it, it right. really makes it and the amount of garbage time that we've seen we've seen more garbage time and and late random scoring than i can ever remember seeing and that's also as the rules have kind of loosened things up you know a little bit more um the team construction, a lot of the rules, a lot of these things have allowed for these these crazy uh, sort of like garbage time fourth quarter type surges from teams. So it, yeah, it's it's very weird right now. Um, it makes it hard to predict. I mean, hell, I was happy happy to get that one win over you last week to kind of just like stop the bleeding, <laughs> um, you know? Because otherwise, I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna be down what like 15 games now? No, I, I had to. Had to kind of just stop the bleeding, at least got the one win over you, and it felt like I had to work hard just to get that. 
So I've had uh, 11 wins to your eight going into uh, – no, wait. Uh, we both had the same pick Monday night. No, the one win you're talking about is earlier in the day. I had the, the Rams. Uh, Green, uh, Green Bay over the, the Rams. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That ended up that ended up going my way with some with some crazy late garbage time. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, that game was very odd. Every um, game you have to sweat out. I swear. Yeah. And yeah, the Rams. Uh, you know, their season almost uh, is, is like my season, where they start out looking like world beaters, and they're just going to romp and kill everybody, and. Then they have a stretch where they're like, "What? What? What's wrong with what's wrong with the Los Angeles Rams?" Uh, and they're still in that stretch. Uh, whereas I already came out of sort of my malaise and and started uh, making picks well again. I I was really hot and then I was extremely cold and now I'm yep. back sort of hot. There, I don't have any eight and eight weeks or seven and seven. I'm either really good or really bad. It's crazy. Um, but the Rams were really good to start and now they're not so good and. There's no shame at all in going to Green Bay and losing, and it, it almost felt fait accompli as I was watching that game that they were going to lose, not just because of how they were playing, but because it's Green Bay, and it seems like no matter what defense comes in, no matter what the game plan is, uh, Rodgers and the Packers figure out a way to uh, do what they're going to do. They did it in the playoffs against the Rams last year, and they did it again this year uh, in the regular season. I may be stuck uh, if that if that's another – uh, if they have another rematch in the playoffs and the Rams again have to go to Lambeau Field, I might get stuck again taking the Rams, thinking that this is the team that's best constructed to go into Lambeau and win, a team that uh, has a, a pass rush that, that gets after the quarterback and has good play on the back end uh, in their secondary. Like I, I really think that's the best way to, to get after the Packers, and yet they can't do it. <laughs> They've had a couple of cracks at it, and they just yeah. can't get it done. Yeah, that's two 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 tries at them in the last two seasons, and you know one of those uh, in the division round last year. And uh, yeah, they came they came up short both times, and uh, Packers didn't go as physical as I expected them to. Um, but you know they they, they moved the ball. Uh, Rodgers had a really good game. He seems to have shaken off the the rust, you know, and it didn't seem to be affected by his toes or or whatever he's got deal he's dealing with now. He's, you know, he spreads the ball around. He ends up throwing the ball uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, eight different receivers. You know, yeah. uh, guy AJ Dillon, as, as I called, I said AJ Dillon was going to kind of be the workhorse back, and uh, he didn't pile up like a ton of yards per attempt. But but he's that guy who just he's the you know he's the battering ram he's that guy that just sort of softens you up and has to keep you honest. Um, and Aaron Jones, since he's come back from injury, hasn't been as featured. So I don't know if Aaron Jones is you know maybe not a hundred percent, or if we're just seeing the Packers go to more of a shift um, towards AJ Dillon. I was on record in the off season saying I would have saved the money if I was the Packers and just had Dillon be the feature guy. Um, they they could have very cheaply re-signed Jamal Williams, who would have been a very serviceable number two. Um, I thought they wasted money. Uh, when, and, and, you know, I don't un- understand that move because it seems like when we start getting later into the season now, we start getting into some of these higher-pressure situations. The Packers have been leaning on A.J. Dillon a lot more, and that's not a bad thing. He's good. He's really good. Um, I think some of that is uh, Aaron Jones getting hurt, uh, sort yeah. of allowing – uh, Matt LaFleur to make that shift a little bit. Well, we're going to look out for Jones and not use him up as quite as much. And let's, 
had the this Dylan guy get some run and see what he's got and see what he's yeah. made of. He's he's made of a lot. He was uh, making some guys look stupid out there. Uh, so not just battering, but getting some uh, swing passes and and making some defenders look bad. Uh, yeah, he's giving you a little bit of everything uh, and just helping that offense home right along. Randall, uh, Randall Cobb was making some guys look dumb out there before he popped yeah, his groin. 47 year old Randall Cobb or whatever it is. <laughs> Crazy. Um, it, it was a, a hell of a performance all around uh, by the Packers offense. And even when the Rams got some offensive contribution, they got a long touchdown from Odell Beckham Jr. So he finally decided to do something. Then of course he uh, hurts himself not long after that. Yeah. Um, it's still not enough because the Packers just, you know, they got 36 points up on the board and you, you know, if you're the Rams, you've realized you're going to have to do a lot better on defense and on offense. If you're going to contend with, with the Packers or anybody else. Yeah. The Rams are, uh, they, they got some issues. I don't know exactly what they need to do to turn things around. There's a lot of talk uh, in, in certain media spots about, Hey, this is Matthew Stafford. He wasn't nearly as great as he was showing uh, those that first month. And, you know, maybe he's not quite this bad, but this is, this is going to resort, you know, revert back to the mean at some point uh, that Stafford is just not that good. This is not, you know, some great franchise all time quarterback, Hall of Famer that was just stuck in Detroit. Uh, this is the Matthew Stafford that we've seen all this time. I, I, I don't know where you land on that side. I, I tend to think Stafford really was that good in Detroit and just had some bad luck around him. Um, and I think he's possibly going to be this good again here in LA, but maybe, maybe he's hurt, maybe his injuries, maybe there's uh, some other things going on, but uh, there's definitely some lines being taken on the, the Matthew Stafford issue based on uh, the last few games. I, I don't think he's as bad as he's been showing. Well, well, well as it goes um, with both with, with the way our picks are going, I can see it going either way. Ah, <laughs> Because there's that part of me that thinks that maybe just Stafford being a lion and being in that long-suffering franchise, being around losing so much, maybe is sort of – Maybe that's sort of snuck into his DNA. And then there's that other part of you that sees the, just the raw talent. Like, you know, when, when, when he gets back there and he chucks that deep and he makes these crate bomb throws and he makes good reads, it's like you just never know which Matthew Stafford you seems like you're going to get if you're the Rams from game to game. His highs are, are very high, but his lows are not very good. And even within the game, um, you know, he throws a, a pretty brutal pick six to the, you know, the, mm. to, to the base, to Russell Douglas, who's now made two big, that, he also picked off Kyler Murray at the end of the Arizona game to seal that up uh, for a guy they signed, I believe uh, off the, pretty much off like Carolina's practice squad, or he was like, he had been cut. Um, you know, talk about getting somebody in there to make some big plays for you when all of your, your top end, top level DBs, have all been hurt. Stokes has been hurt. Jair Alexander's been gone um, for a while. So yeah, I mean the Packers are playing really good, and they're still missing their top two defensive players. Yeah, they're making pay with what they got, and it's yeah. a little scary for the rest of the NFC that they're not whole. They're, when they get some their their guys back, and they're, and they're going to be potentially even better. Uh, and and Rodgers gets further and further away from the the toe injury. Uh, if, if that's something that's going to affect affect him the rest of the year i don't know but um so far so to bother him too much uh in that game yeah (laughs) that's 
That's the Packers still doing what they do. And, and the Rams, like I said, I'm uh, still bullish on them. A lot of people are, you know, thinking that they're going downhill from here. I don't, I don't buy into that necessarily. Uh, like I look at their, you know, top division rival, uh, the Cardinals, uh, who mm-hmm. are still two, two games clear of them, but I don't feel a, a whole lot of confidence around the Arizona Cardinals. First of all, they can't seem to get their stars on the field. We still don't really know for sure if their guys are going to play tomorrow, even though they're coming off a bye. Um, right. And there's still just this sort of nagging feeling of the Cardinals weren't supposed to be this this year. They were supposed to be improved, but they weren't supposed to be, you know, 7-0, 9-2 improved, and they're still – a big time regression coming for them. And I don't think it's happened quite yet. Um, I still think the Rams have a shot to to rally up and and take them down. If they do uh, sort of stumble and fall on their face uh, in the second half, there's, and I'm, and I'm not saying there's evidence that they're going to, I just have sort of this nagging feeling that, you know, it can't, can't stay this good for them. Uh, yeah, no, and you know, and if the Rams and the Cardinals start to cancel each other out, uh, then the Packers are obviously playing for that number one seed. That, I don't know if there's a team that needs it more. Yeah, it'll be them and, and Tampa Bay basically Tampa, plugging it out, right? Because you wanna you wanna lure somebody up there. I mean, they almost it almost worked for them last year in the NFC Championship game, and what was just a, a bizarre game over, overall, but. Uh, yeah, you, if you're the Packers, you want that buy, you want that number one. You got to start thinking in those terms because, yeah, you, you got to look up at Arizona and be like, eh, okay, you know, can you, again, longest season ever. Can you guys do this over 18 weeks? And the Cowboys are still lurking around as well uh, near the top. So, uh, yeah, Cowboys are so you know they they've been a health problem really, and their defense is not good at all. They, so, they were for a while, but they've they've definitely fallen off. They're, they're yeah, trending they're, down, as I like to say. They're trending down. Their defense has yeah. become a bit of a liability. Um, it didn't affect them, uh, you know, too bad uh, in their last game, but I think it's gonna I think it's gonna start to creep up. Yeah, as, as we found out Thursday night, it's it's much easier to get your defense looking well when you're playing uh, the likes of the Saints right now. Um, when you're playing Taste of Tebow at, at yeah. um, Man, oh, it's just not not good, uh, not good for those Saints. You know, four four picks from it again. We didn't lock that up. Yeah, I know. Same thing with the Bills on Thanksgiving night. Uh, We're looking at both of them like, damn it, oh, such an easy lock uh, uh, possibility. Again, I'm within one point of picking the final score completely correct. So I definitely saw that uh, Dallas win coming and, and saw that exactly the way it was supposed to go. Yeah. yeah, we we both should have locked it down. I mean, I, I think I, I got my – I think I'm pretty confident in my lock this week. I certainly hope it worked out. But then again, <laughs> uh, what do I know? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, no Alvin Kamara. And then you find out you're getting Taysom Hill starting. It, yeah, wow. No. No and, thanks. And I almost – and I don't. I almost don't blame Sean Payton for doing it because that's how bad uh, Trevor Simeon has looked. So it's like, what the hell? Why not? You know he loves uh, Taysom Tebow anyway. You know that's his guy. Uh, so you know he was just itching to find a way to get him back in as soon as he was healthy enough. Yeah. And yeah, well, he goes out there and sends him out, and then and, and Taysom Hill does exactly what you expect Taysom Hill to do, which is show that he's got some uh, explosive plays and he's got some really good athletic ability, and he's not an NFL quarterback. Still. Not, not even, not in the slightest. Four picks. 
no matter how many times Sean Payton sends him out there as a starting NFL quarterback, Taysom Hill is not a starting NFL quarterback. I'm sorry, he's just no. not. Yeah, because we again, his wins last year were both were a two Atlanta wins against a team that had completely fallen apart and was on the you know trying to get their coach fired, and oh yeah, that game in Denver. We the, the game that should not be mentioned. We should never yeah. talk about that game again. That's how ugly that was. The game that shall not be mentioned. Oh, the, yeah, the game that should not have been played. Exactly. Uh, you guys are down four quarterbacks? Uh, yeah, you're going to play anyway. We're, no, we're not going to push the game out. We're not going to give you any oppor- opportunity to rectify your situation. No, just go out there. Go ahead. I don't know who that quarterback is, but he's not really a quarterback. Yeah, that, but go that, ahead and play that, anyway. Hinton or whatever his name yeah. was, we, 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 future we, future IMLD Hall of <laughs> Infamy member. We've we've spoken enough about that game. We shouldn't talk about it anymore. We, we that, but those were totally... Taysom Tebow's wins last year. So so good yes. luck with that. Make uh-huh. makes you realize suddenly how man they they got to be missing Jameis. You know, uh, he wasn't so bad. He was and and he was a bit of a you know train wreck as well. He had some throws that made you go, ah, but that's mm-hmm. you, you, you expect that with Jameis Winston. Right. But as far as like actual NFL professional quarterbacks, he, he's all right. He, he's all right. Yeah, uh, Taysom Tebow <laughs> had more picks in that one game than Jameis had all season. <laughs> so we can talk about Jameis with his tendency to give the ball away or do some silly stuff. Uh, Jameis only had three picks on the year. He's better than Simeon, and he's much better than Taysom Tebow. Yeah. So whatever you want to say about him. you got to figure they'd have converted one or two of those into wins, at least, if they had a competent league average NFL quarterback. I had a, I, I think I – did I pick New Orleans and make the playoffs anyway this year? I think I did. I, um, I, I had a much better opinion of the team overall with Jameis uh, yeah. than I do with these two clowns because their defense <laughs> has always bad. been representative. And yeah. yeah, you just need decent offense. You don't need, you know, Drew Brees at his prime. You just need somebody that's, you know, going to guide you along. And then, you know, I, I was counting on Kamara as well. And, he, and that's obviously yeah. compromised with his health. Uh, but yeah, the, the Saints are definitely falling on hard times for sure. But I, I will um, say listening to that game on the radio was interesting because I'm listening and then all of a sudden it's that play where, where Tebow throws the touchdown and the guy's like, he throws it to Lil Jordan Humphrey, you know? Mm-hmm. And he keeps and he keeps saying it, you know. He's like, oh, oh, then you know, something, little Jordan Humphrey. And I just like, does this announcer keep making fun of this guy? <laughs> that little guy, that little Jordan Humphrey guy. He's, he's pretty right. Good. Like, okay, is he just like a little wide receiver? So they just got to keep pointing <laughs> it out. And then I see the replay. I'm like, no, he's big. And yeah. then I see the name flash up on the screen. It's Lil Jordan. I was like, oh, I remember you talking about this guy. I'm, this is his name. One of our previous. What? What? <laughs> what? Uh oh. What? What? How can you name somebody that? It's his name. Don't wear it out. Lil Jordan. Oh, Lil Jordan. <laughs> Not Lil John. That's a different guy. Yeah. Yeah, Lil Jordan Humphrey. <laughs> Lil Jordan Humphrey. I just kept thinking that Give radio announcer was being a little hard on the guy. <laughs> Stop calling him Lil. That's his bad. <laughs> Making him feel bad. Come on. Um. Uh, yeah, you'll definitely get a complex if you keep getting called Lil your whole life, but it, it, it's, it's his name. You have to call him Lil Jordan because that's his, his, his name, his legal name. Yeah, go figure. Um, so the 
AFC, the most interesting thing that people that was are talking as, that about. That was as bad as that was as bad as that story I told you about when I couldn't see um, the football <laughs> game, and they, I kept I kept hearing Joe Buck say Sean Murphy bunting, and I thought he was calling the Oakland playoff game. No, that's a, that's his name, Sean Murphy yeah. bunting. That's different from the Oakland catcher Sean Murphy, completely different guy. Who's not um, bunting? Not not that we know of. He might be, but I think they're different guys. At least we've never seen them in the same place. We don't really know for sure. So yeah. So there's uh, what was what stood out to you? I mean, it was a, it was a crazy week. Um, I was going to talk about the biggest thing in the AFC because we were very NFC centric there for yes. our first twenty minutes, and uh, that the Indianapolis Colts. It was the biggest story that they spent a, a lovely Sunday afternoon showing everyone why they are not on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers level on defense, on offense, coaching, coaching decisions. Uh, why are they not running the football? This guy, uh, Jonathan Taylor, that's been destroying everybody and looks like he's going to lead the league in rushing and be an MVP candidate for whatever yeah. reason in the middle of the game, uh, Frank Wright, gets struck deaf, dumb, and blind and decides to just keep throwing the ball and or uh, Carson Wentz sees coverages that he doesn't like, uh, you know, maybe run fits that he doesn't like and decides to check out of them and throws the ball. That's possible as well. But um, my initial thought when I was watching the game was that this was coaching, that this was something where, uh, you know, some coaches decide we're not going to run on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at all because there's just too many big guys in there that stop the run, whether it's Vita Vea, you know, stopping the run with his chin and getting his tooth knocked out. Uh, whatever the case may be, they are obviously very good against the run, uh, usually number one uh, against, the, uh, against the run most years, two years running. And some coaches do that. They decide we're not even going to bother. We're, we're just going to throw and throw and throw because we can't do anything running anyway. But I did not think the Colts would be one of those teams because that's how great Jonathan Taylor has been, and that's how great their run blocking has been over the last yeah. couple of years. We've commented and and witnessed it and seen it in action for a long time, but they did it. They actually stopped running the football with Jonathan Taylor, and no surprise, they lost the lead while they were busy stopping the run or stopping themselves from running with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I don't know if you had a strong opinion on it, but that was my – uh, strong opinions that why would you not try to run with Jonathan Taylor? Why would you do that? Yeah, and, and in a game where the Colts were were handling them, yeah, right. They're handling them in the second half. They're up ten at halftime. They have the ball in the third quarter, and 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 they're in plus territory, and it's a strip sack that ends up basically turning that whole game around. Shag so, Barrett changed all of it. Yeah. Not 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 the not the not Tommy not the goat not any of that, uh, you know just team you know Tom, Tom Brady just loves to play against teams that like to beat themselves. Have you ever seen anything like it? No, because, but when you play seven thousand games, you're going to have some games like that, I guess. And no, and I, I, I certainly see your point. But yeah, especially in like big games or like important games, and this started to feel like that because the the Colts were manhandling them; they were running on them. Jonathan Taylor was running well. He still ended up with a 5.2 yards per attempt. That, that's good. That, that's what I'm saying. You, there's no he reason was, for you to stop yeah. running because you're you're doing it. You're running already. Why would you stop? And, that? And this is and the funny part is I'm looking at these stats. He has a 5.2 yards per attempt. His long run was 15. So what's that mean? Every run grinding was it out. Just about right. Yeah. 
You're getting you're getting plus yardage on every play. You're wearing these guys out. You've got them up. You're up ten on them, and you get cute. Mm-hmm. And, and it caught and it and it turns the whole game around because it allows the Bucks to go the other way and score that touchdown to get it within three. And now they're not scared of you anymore. And then you yeah, know, you... and now it's a three point game. Now the sphincter's getting tight, right? Oh yeah. You know, and you could just see it. You could just see that momentum just swings completely because the first half of that game, the Colts, they had them. Well, you said it last week uh, in the preview. Indianapolis had one path to victory. One. Run the damn football. And they went away from it, and they paid the price. Right. So that's why we – and I believe we both had Tampa. So it's not like like this was a losing pick for us. Right, but we're but I'm watching that game just you know feeling bad about it in that first half because mm-hmm. the Colts are dominating them and looking like right. okay they've arrived they've here here come the Colts and we got to take them seriously and then that second right. half comes and they just decide to stop running and uh, yeah like like you said Shaq Barrett and that strip sack changed all the momentum they had the ten point lead they're about to score again uh, right Tampa Bay. Yeah, they they cut that lead to three. Wentz got picked by Antoine Winfield, and Tampa took the lead after that. And what happens when Indianapolis rediscovers? Jonathan Taylor starts running again. They tie it up. And and Brady and uh, Leonard Fournette have to lead the game-winning drive back to uh, to win that game. That's the only reason they won was uh, – And and the only reason we covered. mm Mm-hmm. Because they get the the touchdown instead of the, the field goal. Right. Fournette takes it all the way. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, great game by great great win by Tom Brady. They were again with the quarterback wins, and I've been long on the record as saying those are bullshit because the quarterback <laughs> doesn't even play half the game. Uh, and, and in yeah. this case, you know, it was definitely not the quarterback that won the game for them. It was uh, the the defense followed by Leonard Fournette, followed by the quarterback it was right. like the third or fourth most important factor in, in winning that game. So that was not about Tampa to me. Uh, that game was about the Indianapolis Colts and Frank Wright shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, yeah. they, they had one path, and they didn't. And for whatever reason, they went away from it. And not only that, but it's on film that every time they went to that one path, that one thing that they do best, they were successful. Right. Like and it, it wasn't. It wasn't explosive. It wasn't explosive. It wasn't sexy. But you know what? They were going to work, and they were going to work on Tampa. So. You know, it's week 12, so you're probably hoping you learn something from that, right? This is coming off of that blowout win against the Bills, so they had to be feeling it. They came out, they had they had that same type of game plan. They were asserting the dominance over the other team. And this was Tampa. Tampa's not an easy team to do that to. No. And the Colts were doing it. The Colts did it for two-plus quarters. Just couldn't do it for the whole game. And you give, the, you give a team that's a good team like Tampa is, you give them a crack. You know, and they're a good enough team that they're gonna, you know, they're they're talented enough on both sides of the football that if you you give them a, you give them an opening, they're gonna go through it. Well, the Colts, one of their weaknesses is stopping the run, and uh, that's all they needed. The you know, give the Buccaneers a little bit of a taste, and then Leonard Fournette is able to yeah. break through that crease. And what do you score? Four touchdowns in that game? So uh, three, uh, three rushing, one passing. I yeah. receiving. Yeah. So no, when you when teams beat Tampa. And what I've noticed with this, like especially the Brady Bucks, when teams beat them, they 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 beat them all game long. What I, I mean, they get up, they they get way up, and, and then Tampa just doesn't have enough to come back, right? Um, yeah, when like, you get them down, you got to hammer them. Right. So 
when, when Tampa does get beat, you just it's just got to be that like you know we talk about the, the like those jailbreak type games, right? Those games that just get massively out of control. That's when Tampa gets beat. Mm-hmm. And and Indy was on their way to that because that's how the Rams beat them. That's even how the Saints beat them. Even though Tampa came almost all the way back in that game, you know that was that first Trevor Simeon game when he came in. Um, late to take over for Winston, but up until the point when Winston got hurt, the, the Saints were putting it on Tampa, and then they just hung on for dear life. Yeah, it's, it's amazing that the Colts had the path and had the, uh, the 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 ability to win that game the way that we thought they could, and they just failed to do it. They had the chance, and, and just they just didn't. And I guess we both knew they were uh, going to. Yeah, it just it just felt like one of those games that Tampa was going to come out on top. I didn't know it was going to happen that way, but uh, but we did both get that victory. And the other big story in the uh, NFC uh, goes to your lock. That uh, boy, here, here comes the evil empire. Here comes Belichick and the Patriots again, oh. and they <laughs> yeah. beat the brakes off the Titans. You know, and you did not. When I said that that was my lock, you were like fully like, "Yep, okay, yeah, I get that one." <laughs> No argument from me about that. Yeah, the, the way the Titans are falling apart, just losing uh, manpower uh, every week, seemingly, and the way the Patriots were surging up and, and trending up in every possible metric. Yeah, it, it seemed like a fait accompli, um, and it came through for you, and I, I picked the Patriots in that game as well. Yeah, um, 39 carries to 21 throws for the Titans. That game also didn't go the way uh, that I thought it would, even though the Patriots – wind up winning by 23, it was still a great running game for the Titans without Derrick Henry. They go for 270 on the ground. They commit fully to the run, even without Derrick Henry, uh, because they were trying to not rely on Ryan Tannehill, because they know that's their best path to winning football games is to not rely on Tanny. And eventually, because of the score, they have to try to rely on Tanny, and and that's where they completely uh, lose the game because they – J.C. Jackson punched a, a ball away from uh, Deontay Foreman at one point as he was running. Uh, actually, he was running for the lead at that point uh, for the Titans. So that was a very huge play uh, for New England. Uh, so that's what they do. They get those big defensive stops. Uh, this is going to what we were predicting for the Patriots uh, that we both had them making the playoffs uh, uh, yeah. as, the, as the year went on. And I think that the, the defense had a lot to do with that uh, for both of us. No, the Patriots, they, you want to talk about a team that's just completely like rounded into shape from where they were a month or six weeks ago? I mean, it's a different team. The defense is playing pretty well. I mean, Mac Jones is settled, completely settling into this uh, Josh McDaniels offense, right? Because you look at the guys, emphasis on guys, that he's like throwing the ball to or giving the ball to. I mean, Ramondre Stevenson in the backfield, Damian Harris. I mean, that those are you know what those are guys, <laughs> dude. Look at dude, Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne, Brandon Bolden, Janu Smith, uh, Nelson Aguilar, Hunter Henry, and then those two running backs. Those are that's guys. I don't think any of those guys are making a Pro Bowl. I was about to say, there are zero Pro Bowlers probably on this <laughs> entire offense. But they're just, you know, they're working within themselves. Mac Jones is getting better and better every week, damn near 10 yards per attempt in this game. Um, 
you know, versus Ryan Tannehill, who was just over four yards per. Oh, oh. Mm, how do yeah. you run for 270 yards and your quarterback only gets you four point some yards per attempt? And th- you know, throws for 93 yards on the day. Yeah, that's they were fully committed to the run yeah. despite not having Derrick Henry. That was amazing to me. Uh, Embarrassing. But I, I think that points out what they what, what the Titans feel like they have to do to survive is they they can't let Tanny be the the man because he, he's he's not he's just right. not that guy. We talk about these teams that have one pathway to victory. It, that there's another one. <laughs> they have to run the ball no matter who their running back is. The Titans have to run the ball in order to to compete. Yeah, they um, get two hundred yard backs in that game. So hey, good for them. They lose by twenty three. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> They they did something they they accomplished something I guess by doing that but now there's uh, a uh, I was gonna move on to another quarterback that they the the team doesn't want to rely on him in order to try to win football games and that's the Vikings uh, oh, the yeah 49ers run the clock down and just wear down the the Minnesota Vikings and it sucks that Debo Samuel and Dalvin Cook got hurt in the same game but right. you know the the San Francisco brain trust coached around it. The Vikings brain trust uh, could not, and Kirk Cousins had a Kirk Cousins type type game, very inaccurate. Yeah, kind of up and down. You know, not the highest completion percentage. He threw a couple of touchdowns, threw a pick. You know, when, when you lose Dalvin Cook and you're not getting much out of the guy behind him, you know. But we, again, the Vikings, we know what they we know what they need to do to win the game, right? It, 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 we used to talk about how certain teams, like nobody looks like, you know, certain teams, the Vikings, the Browns, um, you know, uh, teams that need to run like the Titans, right? You're starting to see these teams where get how they're built. You know what they need to do. The best way for them to win is to hide the quarterback yep. and, 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 you know, and run to win. And, 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 and it works, but you just, you need it to, Everything needs to kind of line up for you for that to happen, and it, it didn't happen for them either. And the Colts, another one, right? right. It's all got to line up. Yeah, you you really have to be sure that your guy can handle it if you're going to put the whole thing on him. Uh, I guess Frank Reich thought his guy could handle it. Carson Wentz did, did not. Uh, the Vikings couldn't handle it after they lose Dalvin Cook. Yeah, that offense is so – delicate like if it's not balanced exactly perfectly then it's it's right. off and we we saw that uh in the in the san francisco loss uh you mentioned baker mayfield and the browns um how do you give up four how do you get four ints on a quarterback and still lose the game because that's really difficult yeah, to when, do too we it, it that is especially uh, as bad as Lamar Jackson played in that game, and you and you come up that high in the turnover ratio, you don't lose many of those. And they didn't just lose; they lost the, the point spread too. We got the the backdoor cover with the field, the late field goal. Yeah, um, yeah. Lamar was clearly rusty from being off uh, last week. Four ints. It still wasn't enough for the Browns to knock off Baltimore. That, that's just pathetic, as far as I'm concerned. Like you, you get four. I, Every time they got the ball back, it's like, oh, okay, well, Brown's got great field position. They got another turnover. Here we go. This is where they go and and, and make them pay. No, nope. Brown's could not make them pay. Couldn't do it. They can't. You know, if the, if the Cleveland can't run the ball, they they have no shot at all. And right. they were 
the, the 40 yards rushing for the Cleveland Browns is just amazing that it was that low of a number. Um, so you're talking about having to rely on Baker Mayfield because they couldn't run the football and Baker is just being held together by bubblegum and, and bailing wire. And he, he can't, he can't make any plays happen himself. He was trying like hell. It's like, you know, he's always trying, but there's just, there's, there's not enough there. You, you got a guy that can't put enough on the, on the ball when he throws it, he's hobbling. He can't really yeah. run. You know, he, he can't run. He can't throw. Like what, why is he out there? I'm telling you, I don't know when, if they're going to make that deal, but I'd, I'd get Case Keenum in there. I'm sorry. Like this guy, yeah. I, I know Baker's trying to, he's, he's trying to be the gamer and he's trying to be the team leader and he's trying to be the, the hero and all of that stuff. But my God, the guy it looks like he's handicapped out there. Just, just yeah. sit him down. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. There, there's a point where you're not helping your team. And we already know that the best way for them to win is to establish that run and ground and pound and then get, you know, accurate, some play action. Baker, he's hurt in a part of his body that doesn't really enable him to function in that sort of play action game. You know, it's not his throwing shoulder, but it's his other one. And you think about you know, the, the shifting of everything, of trying to, you know, read option or, you know, if you're under center, I, I couldn't imagine, you know, it's not working when he's physically limited. A bad and he's fumble. not overly gifted. He's not an overly talented guy anyways. So, right. you know, Baker at 80% or 70%, yeah, Case Keenum's probably better than that. At least he's at 100%. And, and... Baker was under 50% in the game. Like, when's yeah. the last time you've seen a quarterback under 50%? That, that's, in the 80s. that almost never happens. <laughs> so that just shows how terrible he is right now. And it's, you know, the injuries and, you know, whatever the case may be, the lack of talent around him. Um, but, yeah, great job, great game plan by the uh, Ravens to just run blitz him to death. Um, and they just could not get anything going on the ground uh, between Kareem Hunt and, and Nick Chubb. Um, and that, that left Baker to be the guy. Like, he had to be the guy. They, think about that. You got your, your running backs back. Hunt had been hurt. He, re, he returned yep. from his calf injury. You got your backfield. You got your quarterback. And you got the uh, the other quarterback turning it over to you four times. Like, what else do you need if you're the Cleveland Browns? Like, what, what you know, how, how much was it well, set up on a platter for them to succeed? And they still couldn't. The Ravens aren't stupid. The Ravens, we know, are a very well coached team. We always talk, we, we, you know, we always talk about that. The respect we have for for Harbaugh and Wink Martindale, right? Obviously, the Ravens knew where to attack the Cleveland Browns, and and they were successful. They were so successful that they were able to overcome four picks from their quarterback. So that's coaching. Damn right, six point win and you know minus four, whatever the plus minus was. Uh, that yeah, they they coach the hell out of that. Uh, now again, your quarterback, you have a healthy quarterback out there that maybe can take advantage of at least one of those turnovers, uh, and it might be a whole different scenario. That Browns might have won the game. That's why I say go to Case Keenum because Baker yeah, can't was, take advantage. He can't do it right even, now. Even yeah, even with all that, the margins were slim enough that a good play your way anywhere in there, right? And and that's it could be a game changer. So I thought you were going to talk about the exactly. other game in that division. Cause I texted you about that one. Mm. Uh, here's my text to you last from last Sunday. Uh, Bengals are having none of the Steelers shit. Yeah. 
anything you could say about the the Steelers effort that would be printable like none of it yeah we 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 thought that we both had the Steelers right yeah yeah um, we're thinking it we're thinking sunning territory you know what we got we got the reverse sunning uh I hate the reverse sunning uh, especially when I don't see it coming no we we were thinking uh hey it's a it's a big game it's a revenge mm-hmm. game from what since he did to him the first time and mike tomlin can't take these guys lightly because he's already gotten his ass beat by him so it turns out that be ready for this wasn't one. a fluke <laughs> apparently not um this, this is big uh-oh for me and the reason is very simply because cincinnati beats the brakes off of the, the steelers and they didn't use jamar chase to do it that's uh-oh because that's my whole right? thing about the Bengals was, okay, that's great what you were doing early in the season, but that was all, you know, Burrow to Jamar Chase, and nobody was stopping that. Let's see the league adjust to that and, and shut down Jamar Chase and see what else you got. You know, can you do? Can you beat me with somebody other than Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase? And they did it, and they, they rediscovered uh, their running back in Joe Mixon, and he goes crazy on the Bengals. They run for 198 as a team on the Steelers. They just run it right down Pittsburgh's throat. Uh, that that was their last. That was the Steelers' last gas, and it was, it was a gurgling choke. And I'm I'm stunned. I'm just absolutely shocked that they uh, got their ass beat twice by the Cincinnati Bengals. But that scares the hell out of me because the Bengals did it in a different way than they did it the first time, and they they seem to have made the adjustment to the adjustment uh, that the league made on them. And I don't. I'm not saying that I'm thinking the Bengals are going to go you know really far now, but I, they I've got a brand new respect for them. I'm, I'm looking at them with a raised eyebrow like, oh, okay, okay, I, I see y'all now. All right. No, and you said the, you know, exactly the part, of course, you said what I was thinking there was, so the Bengals come out, and they're winning all these games early, and it's just the Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase show, right? Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Okay, all we have to do is stop that. We'll play our guys deep. We'll roll the coverages. You know, we're so worried about Burrow to Chase that – Oops, we opened up all the running lanes for Joe Mixon, who turns out he's pretty good. So, you know, it used to be like when we were watching football growing up, you would run to open up the pass. It's like the Bengals have passed now to open up the run. And good luck if you're a defensive coordinator trying to figure out, now who do you take away? Now now where do you roll it? Because now they can run and throw. Uh, let's just cover everybody. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. And, and, and they're playing – Come up and the middle and shut down the run. Respectable no. defense. Mm-hmm. They're not playing great defense, right? But they're, they're playing, playing good enough. Good enough. I mean, they're top half of the league on defense. That that's for a team that's you know, scoring and 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 moving the ball the way they are. It's that's pretty good. And so Ben, uh, the pick six to Mike Hilton to close the first half out. So so he's he's just cooked. Like he's just completely. Uh, washed up at this point, right? For for who Ben? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was already an article. I was pu- pulling up the scores from last week. I usually do that on Yahoo because it doesn't scream in my ear like NFL.com does with all the ads <laughs> and stuff. When I'm trying to like shuffle between the stats and stuff and the and the scores from last week, because I'd like to think I'd have them all memorized. But a week ago feels like another life this time of year. Of course, with everything you know, with all the. You know, with with work and 
still trying to recover from the holiday and everything and then worried about the holidays to come. Um, so yeah, it's, that's my, that's my life right now. It's like work, sleep, Christmas shop, <laughs> work again, eat, sleep, Christmas shop, you know, so that's what happens. when you got cute factors, man. Of course. I, I, I feel you. Oh, so yeah. So I pull that up and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it, you know, and this is, yeah, uh, there's an article right there up on Yahoo about like, oh, this could be, this is probably Ben's last year in Pittsburgh. I'm thinking, well, it might have been one too many. Should have been last year or yeah. even the year before. We we start, you know, we, we talked, we looked, I think they were a victim of that great start last year that we knew that, that, that whatever plans they had, whether it was rebuild or restructure or move on, that that 11 and 0 probably was the worst thing that could have happened to that team because it was kind of fool's gold and we knew it we saw it you know and we saw the way that that all went up in flames at that with that playoff game against uh against Cleveland uh but they were like yeah, we'll roll the dice we'll take one more chance it's not going so well for them no sometimes the the one last reunion tour for the band is is one too many and and they've they've clearly overstayed their welcome yeah uh, so, so yeah the door been... the door the it that door slammed shut it, you know, yep. I mean, I don't know where what else they would have done. I guess they would have went to one of the the younger quarterbacks on their roster or on their practice squad or something like that, and they just would have suffered. Um, maybe that yeah, would have been Mason, a better Mason Rudolph. I mean, yeah. I don't know if that would have done you know any better, but at least it wouldn't have been one more time with the old guy, and he's clearly not you know starting. Uh, material anymore um but i guess if you don't believe in the young guys behind you then yeah you look at the old guy and go yeah sure we'll, we'll go with that one more time see what happens so, no it, it's not working it's not working they've got i mean they're five five and one i mean they couldn't even beat the lions man <laughs> but uh, either way yeah it, it it something we were talking about it last year something just doesn't look right you know, and then they go and they draft the running back number one, and that's supposed to like reinvigorate them, and they're going to find the running. Game. There's no running game there. They don't. They don't use them. They don't run them. Yeah. So yeah, kind of a disappointing season. There's, you know, uh, pretty. Did we have them in the playoffs this year? Oh God. I, I'm, I'm I, looking. I'm looking at what I had. My NFL preview here. Da, da, da. So the AFC, I actually did not have the Steelers in the playoffs this year. So, whew. I must have. I had the Browns and the Ravens coming out of the North. Um, so obviously the Bengals are the ones who disrupted that. Yeah, no, I didn't have the Bengals doing anything. That much I definitely know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I did have Pittsburgh as my last wild card uh, spot. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not like they're not like they're two and nine or something like that. Right. So theoretically, no, five, five and could... one. But yeah, it's it's it, that's the problem though is when it ends and it's so obviously ending, but you're still winning games. Uh, that's how you end up with like a twelve overall draft pick. <laughs> right. So not not exactly a rebuild pick either for the Steelers. Right, it doesn't put you in position to draft a, a franchise quarterback really, really high. Yeah. Like you could, unless you're Bill Belichick. 
It, I, I was you beat me too. I was you can get lucky and find a Mac Jones uh, swimming around in the middle of the first round there, and uh, apparently he's going to be the man there. Um, but yeah, it, it's looking quite ugly for the Steelers, unfortunately. No surprise we haven't heard from Bryce and Brooklyn this season. Probably, Dude, that's, uh, you just took what I was going to say. That's you know all the Steelers. You know you know how you can tell the Steelers suck. We haven't heard from Bryce and Brooklyn all year. Probably somewhere drowning his sorrows. Uh, I, I feel your pain, Bryce. I'm, I'm a Bears fan. Believe me, I feel your pain. Um, <laughs> hey, at least you didn't lock up the Bears. Um, no, I locked up the motherfucking Houston Texans. The fuck was my problem? <laughs> what the hell's wrong with me? God. You know, <sighs> and, I, and I said at the time it was more of a indictment of the Jets than it was an yeah. endorsement of the yeah. Houston Texans. Just straight up win the game. Yes. Uh, with Zach Wilson, with their worst uh, quarterback option of the three, still they still managed to win the game. I don't and, have any breakdown and, of that shit. I mean, it's just the Texans, Scott. And Zach Wilson, he played like total ass. Right. And, and the Texans still managed to lose. Yeah. That's what I get for pick for for locking the Texans. That, that's one hundred percent my fault. That was just not very smart. Uh, I think what part. happened was you know, but again, you're up four locks on me. You know, you, you can you can you can play around, but now, now all of a sudden, oh oh, it's a game, it's on again. I wasn't trying to play around, and and it's even more embarrassing when I look at the great week that I had. I go eleven and four, and yeah. one of the four is one of my locks. Like I managed to find a way to make one of my four losses uh, one of the locks. But I had eleven winners to pick from, and I managed to to not do that. So. Well, uh, that not, means I went nine and nine and six. So there's the, at is. least there's no shame in that. No, very very good week. But we were both over five hundred. We started off the week well with the the Thanksgiving Day games, and we uh, pretty much kept it rolling throughout the uh, the, the rest yeah. of the week. Uh, one of my wins over you was the uh, the Falcons actually showing up and, and knocking out the Jaguars. Well, because they won. <laughs> it turns out Cordero Patterson is that important to them. Yes. Because he goes for a hundo on the ground. Oh, my God. Yeah, they they got nothing without Cordero. (laughs) Matt Smith has got this thing. Yeah, because who who else are they handing the ball to? Mike Davis and Wayne Gallman. No. (laughs) Guys. Yeah. When you're uh... you're Atlanta and your best running back is Cordero Patterson, yeah, you're you're not very good. But, hey, at least he's, he's explosive and he's fast. And he's obviously taken to that role. And he's not a very they, good wide receiver. No, that's that's why he keeps bouncing around. Um, yeah, but he's big and fast. So I mean, I remember it was when he was just a special teams guy. And they they made something out of him in the in the backfield there, um, yeah. just like deep, just like San Fran was doing with Debo Samuel uh, right. before he got hurt. So yeah, I know you're not the biggest fan of those. Uh, wide receivers that get converted into running backs, but if you use them sparingly, they can be uh, incredible weapons. They, yeah. You know, some of those guys, you know, they, they, and those guys are, are the bigger size wide receivers too. You're not going to take a flea and put him in the backfield because he's probably going to get, you know, jacked up and, and driven into the ground. But you take some, you know, the guys of size like Cordero, like Debo Samuel, uh, like your, your buddy Ty Montgomery, he's got some size. Um, and, and you put them in the backfield, and all of a sudden you got a you know a, a bit of a matchup problem because you you get those guys on the second level, and those linebackers are like, man, this is like tackling a tight end. This is this isn't fun. I don't want to do this. Um, 
and, and especially with Debo, Debo was just mowing people down and looking uh, like he was a, a like a season changer for the for the Forty ers The way he was making an impact, and, and uh, unfortunately, he will uh, not be playing this week uh, with a groin injury. Um, but yeah, Cordero was obviously the difference maker for uh, for the Forty ers So uh, for the uh, for the Falcons, I should say. Yeah. So, not not a not an important game at all, but just uh, good to see that I could finally uh, figure out what the Falcons were doing for one week because I didn't oh, have any yeah. idea what they were doing and before. Not, you know, and they're, they're not a very good team. That's a bad division no. because it's it's really bad when you look up Atlanta and go, wait, that's the second place team in the NFC right. South. Ugh. <laughs> okay. Speaking of, I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about Carolina, but. <laughs> Oh, Cam. Oh, oh Cam. Cam. <laughs> what uh, was that? That was some uh, he, Daniel Sargent right there. <laughs> he, he's not back anymore, apparently. Uh, here's Cam Newton's stat line. 5 of 21. <laughs> 5 of 21 for 92 yards and two picks and a 5.8 quarterback rating. Oof. Mm, not anymore, you're not. <laughs> That's terrible. That, that they couldn't run either. That was just awful all around. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey is done. Uh, again. They, again. Um, Carolina is, is done as far as I'm concerned. I don't think you, you, don't, you don't have to take them seriously anymore. Um, that, that stat no, line paper, was... Paper champions. Yeah, yeah, we... Yeah, you know, that, that again, the longest season ever. They were really good. Then we mm-hmm. said they're not so good and talked them down. And I called them uh, phony and fake and frauds. Uh, and then they kind of came back and said, "Oh yeah, we'll watch this." And they rose up a little bit. Then they get Cam and they have a little boost, and then he comes back and knocks off the the uh, the Cardinals. And uh, oh wow, yeah. a, here come the Panthers. They're a new team. They got a, a new leader, and they got a, a ooh. ooh. And then they melt Miami down. Game. Yeah. Against Miami, who's trash? Uh, and it was a, kind of predictable to me that uh, yeah, the Cam would have his meltdown again. We both had Miami, uh, I believe, right? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but, yeah. but again, Miami's again, got no pressure. I'm on this Miami no pressure kick right now. It's, it's working. I think they won four in a row now. Um, but the Cam just—you cannot took, uh, take the whole game plan or the whole team and put it in his hands. You can use him. Uh, as the the goal line guy, as the Superman guy, and let him get the glory. That's great. You cannot use him as your actual quarterback. He's not very good <laughs> at quarterback. He can't throw the ball no. anymore. You kind of have to throw the ball to be a quarterback, and and that's not something he can do uh, with any kind of accuracy. Clearly, uh, judging by this game against the Dolphins. So, um, yeah. yeah, sad to see, but that, that's another situation. Just like Ben, like when it's over, it's over. <laughs> He's not nearly yeah, as old as down, Ben. It goes but down it's hard. Over. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Another, you talk about another team missing a mediocre quarterback. We already talked about the Saints missing Jameis. Maybe, maybe Carolina's missing Sam Darnold. Right? Oh, <laughs> I oh, no. wouldn't go that far. <laughs> oh, <Okay. laughs> <laughs> quite. Oh man, far. what did we miss here? We talked about just uh, we didn't talk about New York Philly. That game was brutal. Um, yeah. And the Eagles finally let me down. Um, well. I, yeah, I still think bad. the Eagles are, are, are easy to read. Just make Jalen Hurts throw the ball. 
It doesn't yes. go well when you make Jalen Hurts throw the ball. Though Jalen Rager could have been the hero if you see if you saw the end of that game. He had a couple of balls that he could yep. have caught for the game-winning touchdown. They went off his face. Um, and well, then they went put, off his, him, put it right on him. You know, wrong place. It, it hit him in his hands uh, on, on fourth down. Again, in the wrong place. Right, um, which still doesn't actually get me a win because that was a a three four point spread. Right, right. Uh, but but the Eagles could have won the game straight up in that. Yeah. But now nah, it, it's Jalen Hurts throwing the football is, is kind of ugly. Um, and and I still think that the Eagles are are a team that you can figure out pretty easily. If the, if a team is decent against the run against them, then you can go ahead and and. and pick against them because then they're relying on throwing the ball. And, and right now Jalen Hurts doesn't look like he can throw the football. He's, he's yeah. not very good at that. And, and the other, the other team in the uh, NFC East uh, that got the win was Washington. And I, what, I didn't learn anything about Washington, but just solidifies Seattle is trash. Yes, they are. Uh, five straight three and outs on Monday night for uh, for the uh, Seahawks at one point, uh, giving the uh, Washington defense credit for, you know, they play solid at every level, but, man. Let <laughs> Russ cook. Are, oh, uh, you know what? Russ is coming back from the, 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 yeah. the finger injury. He's coming back from a month of not playing NFL football after the season has started. You're, you're almost putting someone back at preseason level when you do that. And, you, you know, to expect them to just come right back and jump into everything, uh, probably was expecting a little too much. Um, so I, I hope I'm not making excuses for Russell. Wilson. I, I honestly think he's better than this. I know he's not playing well at all uh, since he came back, but I really think he's better than what this is. Yeah, statistically, uh, nothing he did was that terrible. Uh, what really stands out for Seattle being terrible is their running game. Yeah, they they got a whole bunch of running backs and none of them are are doing anything at the moment. Yeah, um, no, outside you, of Russell Wilson, they ran for 18 yards. Well, you know it's bad when they look at uh, that crap that Adrian Peterson was putting on tape for the Titans, uh, and yeah. they just say, you know what, we we want some of that. Yeah. So uh, the the Seahawks are he might be Adrian their best be- running back. Just off, I didn't I think- mean that that's how bad they are. <laughs> I didn't think anybody was giving Adrian Peterson another chance after what he did for, for Tennessee, but that's how desperate the Seahawks are. So we'll see if that does anything for them. Um, and Justin Herbert uh, couldn't be the superstar uh, again. He tried to uh, be the man, but wasn't able to get it done. And the Denver defense has one of those efforts, uh, which they're capable of every now and then. And they, and they strangle off the, the Clipper chargers. So, right. Um, uh, Again, when you have a team like the Chargers, who are getting better, right, but they're over-reliant on the quarterback, you're going to have games like this. You're going to go into a tough place to play on the road, and the team that still plays some defense, and if you're not the man, if you're turning the ball over, and you're you're not putting the team on your back, you're going you're gonna to get games like this. And you're also got to have a whole lot of luck in a lot of these situations. And I don't know if you had seen it, but the uh, Patrick Sertan the second uh, pick six, what a gift! Goes right off of Austin Eckler's body and deflects about sixty-five yards in the air right into Sertan's hands for a pick six. That goes against Justin Herbert uh, on his record as an interception for a pick six. <laughs> That's bullshit. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't tell Don't tell Patrick Mahomes' mom about that. <laughs> I'm with her. I'm with her yeah. now, man. Trust me. Hey, hey, 
I, I played quarterback <laughs> when we played, remember? I, I had a few of those. Those were on me. But what do you do when the ball hits somebody in the chest and then deflects into the – like, where was I supposed to put that? Where did you want it? That's, that's on you. That's an interception that you threw because you threw yeah. it off his hands. What? So, Justin uh, Herbert, you bum. <laughs> right. Terrible. How could you? Um, I, I don't know if we're going to be alive for them to make that rule change that they that some, they're going to put some of those turnovers on the running backs or on the receivers instead of on the quarterback. But I think it's going to happen one day. I don't know when, but I think it's going to happen. Uh, so yeah, unless you got anything else for week twelve, no, I think we need to let's make some picks and be uh, done so with it. The longest, <laughs> the longest year ever. Uh, so our records for the week, you already pointed that out, 11-4 and four for me, 9-6 and six for you. That puts the season records at 99-80 and 80 for me, 86-93 and 93 for you. So after being up a bunch and then coming back tied, now I'm back up 13. Go figure. Uh, but you keep winning locks and I keep not winning them. So as you pointed out, you're within one of me now. I have seven locks on the year and you have six. So on to week 13 as we have six more weeks to try to figure all of this out. Longest season ever. We will get to the rest of week 13 after I tell you where you can listen to our show. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Not on the radio, but only here on the website, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. To be notified when we're live, you can follow the show on the Blog Talk Radio website, or you can follow my Twitter feed at IMLDDre when I tweet out when we're live before every show. Jason is on Twitter, too. His feed is at IMLDJTG. Our show is available as a podcast where you get the live show and a special VIP after show. To listen to the show as a podcast, about an hour or so after the live show is over, come back to the show page and look through our archives, or subscribe on iTunes or any number of different podcasting apps, including Player.fm, Mixcloud, Blueberry, and the TuneIn Radio app. You'll get the whole show, the live show and the after show, downloaded straight to you. You can always send us a question or comment or shout out via email to the following email address, inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. You can follow all of our picks on our blog. The website for the blog is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. Our Thursday night picks will be available Thursday afternoon on our Twitter feeds. Again, that's at IMLDDre and at IMLDJTG. This copyrighted broadcast is a production of Jay and Me and is solely performed for our entertainment as well as for any poor soul who happens to be listening. It is intended to be a football pick show for the private non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or any other use of the descriptions and accounts of this podcast without the express written consent of Jay or me is strictly prohibited. Thirteen more games left to pick in week 13. You think it's a long season for us? Imagine the teams that still have buys to come. There are four teams that are on buy this late in the season this week. And there's four teams that still have a bye coming up next week. That's unbelievable. Wow. Mid-December so, almost. And crazy. still putting teams on buys. That, that's, I, don't, I don't know what's going on with this. Honestly, schedule. though, in a season like this one, I, I'd think you'd almost want your buys now. Like Later. the Packers. Like, this is perfect. Uh, 
maybe perfect for for a guy you know, that's got a, a busted the Browns up toe. Or the, we got the Browns on by this week. You know, if Baker, if, if he has any hand chance of you know getting gets two weeks now to just rest that shoulder, I think Baker is a perfect example of why you want your buy earlier. Baker could have used a buy like a month ago or six weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, well, because he, he needed to like... do was be not playing. He looks like he's handicapped out there, so I, I think yeah. guys like that will want their buy a little earlier. But I give him credit. Um, I mean, no one's take, no one's saying he's not tough. He, he's gutting it out there, but man, it looks pain. It just looks painful to watch him try to play. Uh, so we will not have to worry about him this week, as he is on by along with the Panthers, Packers, and Titans. So here are the rest of our picks for Week 13 after we got off to that great start on Thursday night. Beating the Cowboys over those moribund Saints. We will start with the Falcons hosting the world champion Buccaneers. Tampa at eight and three. Atlanta at five and six. Uh, Antonio Brown got the uh, the old headhunter suspension, the old baseball headhunter suspension, where the starting pitcher decides to just ah, I'm going to bean this guy in the head because I got an issue with the way he pimped out his home run trot, and knowing that he's you know, going to be suspended for six games after getting that, but he wasn't going to pitch the next four anyway, so it doesn't really matter. All they did was give him an extra, you know, two days between starts. Most pitchers probably welcome that. Antonio Brown got the uh, three-game suspension for uh, uh, falsifying his vaccination card, and it doesn't matter because he's hurt anyway. His ankle uh, doesn't want to heal up, so he wasn't going to play anytime soon anyway. So he gets that suspension that doesn't really affect him at all. So good job out of the NFL with their usual uh, toothless uh, suspension and punishment procedures. Uh, Tampa three and three at home. Atlanta still has not won in the, uh, whatever they're calling the Georgia dome these days. Uh, Buccaneers are been something. Yes. Mercedes is going to sponsor. Yeah. Sponsor every dome in the world. The Georgia dome blew up. Ah, that's right. It's gone. This is the last new... game they played there. Fortunately, I wasn't in it when they blew it up. <laughs> That's very fortunate for all of us. Uh, in any event, the Buccaneers are big favorites, minus 11 at the Falcons. Yeah, it's a big number, right? But you're, I mean, you're going on the road, team that hasn't played very well at home. So I'm like, oh, you know, there's things that are pointing towards Atlanta in this game. Uh, no, there aren't. Oh, my <laughs> God. Um uh, I don't know how Atlanta has five wins. I think Arthur Smith should be like dark horse coach of the year candidate. That team is five and six with a just they're twenty seventh on defense and twenty second. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, twenty two on defense, twenty seven on offense. That's not very good. They're almost dead last in the league in scoring. So they, their defense gives up a lot of points, right? And who are they playing? The the top scoring team in the league. This doesn't add up well. Uh, I'm going to take Tampa, who basically who routed them the first time they played in a game that uh, the Falcons were actually competitive in. And then I believe Matt Ryan's back-to-back pick, six, pick sixes in the third quarter. Uh, yeah, you can't be sloppy on both sides of the football. You can't you can't stop people and you can't score. And, and I don't think Atlanta can cover. I, I think Tampa kind of rolls this one up pretty easy. Big sixes to, to the same man, Mike Edwards, who yeah. uh, also also got suspended uh, along with Antonio yes. Brown for falsifying the vaccination card. So he can't do any pick sixes this can't week. Can't do it again. He, yeah, he will not be uh, eligible to do that. Uh, yeah, that came during that forty-eight to twenty-five uh, Tampa Bay Weird victory game. down yeah. uh, down in Tampa in week two. Uh, 
that that Brady guy threw five touchdowns in that game as well. That guy that you hear at the top of the show during the introduction. That guy, he he, he's pretty more. good. He, he very well might. I mean, uh, Cordero Patterson being back, that that's something. That that means that they can stay within three touchdowns this time instead of the four that they lost uh, in week two. So maybe that's that's something, but I still won't cover uh, 11. So I'm concurring with you in taking the uh, the Buccaneers. Yeah, tempting, tempting one, but no, it's uh, too no. much. Yeah, just too much. Tampa's too loaded. Uh, Cardinals and Bears. We we don't know what the Cardinals are loaded with. We still don't know if Kyler Murray and New Coppins are going to play. Even coming off the bye, they're still considered game time decisions. So there's there's just no telling there, especially after we got burned a couple weeks ago and we thought Kyler Murray was going to play and they wound up being Colt McCoy anyway. Um, so, yeah, just keep an eye on that is all I can tell you is, is there's a chance that they're not going to take the field even after uh, coming off the bye. We know the Bears are still beat up as hell. Their defense is definitely beat up. Andy Dalton is still the uh, QB1 because Kyler, uh, uh, Kyler Murray is on the other side because Justin Fields is still uh, injured and will not be able to play for the Bears and still no uh, Allen Robinson with his hamstring injury. Uh, so with all of that, cards are 9-2, and 6-0 and oh on the road. And the Bears four and seven, two and three at home. Uh, Arizona's big favorite here as well. They give seven and a half at the yeah. Bears. Yeah, I'd probably be tempted if I was the coach. If I if I'm the coach of the Cardinals, if I'm Cliff Kingsbury, I'm sitting Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins in this game because what do you have? You have the the dome team, the warm weather team. They're going to the Midwest. They're going to be playing in cold wind and probably rain in that game tomorrow if that's what's forecast i'm not putting my top weapons on the field in that situation uh i that's just me i understand that they're playing the long game here and they're probably thinking like you know the playoffs and all this but i'm not putting those guys out there against the team the only thing the bears do is play a little bit of defense so i wouldn't be putting injured guys out there too soon. I would give them that week of rest, let Colt McCoy go out there. He's proven that he can he can do it. Hey, he could even cover numbers. Um, but you know what? I'm going the opposite way here. I'm taking the Bears. I'm taking the points. I think it's gonna be sloppy. I think it's gonna be ugly. I don't like I don't like dome teams and warm weather teams going and playing in the slop. Um, I think it's gonna be kinda of, kinda of ugly. So I'm gonna take the Bears and the points. You know, I always want to take a high-pressure defense like the Cardinals versus uh, an awful Chicago Bears pass protection, especially if uh, Justin Fields is playing. We know how he deals with uh, high-pressure teams. He sort of turtles and and, uh, kind of takes a dump on himself. Um, But Murray won't – or Fields won't be there. It'll be Andy Dalton instead. Um, Kyler and Nuke are the big question marks. Uh, Are they going to be able to be out there? for Arizona and it's it's still up in the air. So yeah, we're both kind of picking this on conjecture, trying to figure out who's actually going to play and who's not. Um, I think they're, ah, shit, what do I know? I think they're going to play because it's a bye week. Uh, they have time to rest up and get healthy. They've been practicing this week. Um, but I thought they were going to play before because they were practicing. Right. And they just wound up not playing anyway. So like I said, what the, what the hell do I know? All right. So with, no confidence at all either way because I don't know who's playing. I'm going to take uh, the Cardinals. I'm going to take them uh, still putting a lot of pressure defensively on the Bears, uh, even though it's Andy Dalton and not Justin Fields. And I'm going to take them to win a, a defensive, a, a slow, ugly 
uh, defensive battle uh, in the in the elements uh, over Chicago, who's just beat up and shorthanded and uh, just not equipped to uh, to compete with Arizona. But again, no confidence at all because I don't know who's actually playing in that one. Uh, moving on to uh, it's going to be a lot of uh, chillier weather. I don't think it's going to be a lot of like rainy conditions, but it's going to be a lot of wind and, and cold out here in, in some of these games. Uh, Philadelphia at the New York Jets going to be cold and windy, I believe. Um, so the very latest news that just came out before we went on the air was that uh, one of the Philadelphia reporters says that Jalen Hurts is not going to play. We know his ankle hurts, uh, but uh, one of the reporters says that it's going to be Minshew mania uh, under center for the Eagles. And I don't know if that uh, was affected in the uh, lines on covers. Yeah, Jalen Hurts is out right now. Okay. So I'm looking at this um, right now, the up-to-date injury report. Jalen Hurts out on the injury report. Um, I don't know what line you have um, for this game. I'm looking at uh, Philly minus five. Has that changed? Uh, yeah, because it opened at seven, and that has now snuck down to five. Okay. But it hasn't changed since the news came out. It's actually a representative line of right now. Right, that okay. that line. Well, right. So the line, I think, with the 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 news must have moved to five. I see. So yeah, that's what we're we're gonna go with. Uh, Philadelphia at five and seven. The Jets at three and eight. Once again, going with Zach Wilson and Jordan Howard out at running back with a knee injury. So it looks like Minshew mania. Gardner Minshew at quarterback. Miles Sanders and maybe Boston Scott because he's beat up two at running back for the Eagles. So yeah, uh, Philly minus five at the Jets. Yeah, and the problem with this is that the I mean the Jets not a problem for the Eagles being that the Jets can't stop the run, but a problem for the Eagles being that they lose that extra dimension. Right, they lose the mobile quarterback, which also helps with the running game for their standard for their running backs because you just you don't know where it's coming from. And, I, you know, Minshew's not immobile, but he's not Jalen Hurts. And, right. I, and I think that's going to be a little much for the for the Jets, uh, a little bit of strength, I'm sorry, for the Eagles to overcome. So I'm going to take the Jets to stay under the number here. I think this ends up being, again, just kind of close and ugly. Um, and Hurts not being there, I think, throws the Eagles a bit off their rhythm. Um, I... I think I agree with the general concept. It felt like the Eagles' fortunes are starting to maybe roll backwards a little bit with that Giants game last week and now uh, with Hurts getting hurt during that game. I actually think the Minshew move and getting Hurts in there might work out for the Eagles. I was uh, prepared to maybe take the Jets in the points as well if Jalen Hurts was going to go out there on a bad ankle because – you're, t- you're talking about a guy who's not good at throwing the ball and his best asset running the ball, that he was going to be trying to do that on a bum ankle. I-, I had a bad feeling about that. But now you go to Gardner Minshew, uh, as you pointed out, he kind of likes running around. He's he's yeah, he's not immobile. He kind of likes to take chances and, and break the pocket himself. He thinks he's a, a big-time gamer. You know, he thinks he's a number one no matter what everyone else thinks. Um, if they lose this one to a jet squad that's, that's awful versus the run, uh, yeah, I, it might be all over for the, the Eagles uh, having any kind of playoff dreams. Um, but I, I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to hang on and cover the number because Gardner Minshew will hang in there. Uh, 
throw the ball better than uh, Hertz just because he's a better thrower. You know, not that he's very good, but Hertz is not good at all. Um, and I like the fact that my I like a quarterback that's going to be running around out there on on two uh, solid ankles instead of one hurt one. I think that's always a good thing. So I actually uh, like the Eagles better with Gardner Minshew tomorrow. Just oh no, one of those weird things. I, I know it's crazy. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with the Eagles and, and give the number there. Uh, speaking of the Giants, they are in Miami. Uh, they are four and seven. The Dolphins are five and seven, but uh, moving up with a bullet, uh, as I was talking about, they're on a win streak. I believe they've won four in a row now. And uh, yeah, uh, Tua. Tua's been been doing some things. It's been Tua time for for Miami, and uh, they've actually had some success. That's probably you know based on their schedule, based on their opponents. But hey, you can only beat who's in front of you. And now here's the Giants. Uh, and they've got quarterback issues as well. Danny Dimes has a strained neck. And so uh, the bane of all Bears fans' existence, Mike Glennon, gets to start for uh, the Giants at quarterback. And he's also, like Danny Dimes, is going to be limited as far as weapons goes because Sterling Shepard and Kadarius Tony are out again. Um, for Miami, Devontae Parker is scheduled to return at wide receiver from his hamstring injury. Uh Dolphins are favorites at home. Giants are plus six at Miami. Yeah, who would have thought we'd be at this point after how bad the Dolphins were that they'd be you know minus six against anybody? Yeah, but it's Mike Glennon. It's also Mike Glennon with no receivers. I mean, the Giants' receiver core this year have they played? Have all of them played yet together this year? It, it doesn't seem like it. That, that that is just I don't know how you're supposed to get anywhere when you cannot get all of your offensive weapons upright at the same time. Oh, and now you don't have a quarterback, and your options are um, Mike Glennon or uh, this Fromm kid. Uh, was he from uh, Georgia, right? Yeah. Uh, who he was uh, the Bills backup, and now he's bounced around. Yeah, uh, no, I'll, I'll take the Dolphins. The Dolphins are doing, you know, they're doing some bum slaying right now. So, hey, good for them. And now they get Mike Glennon. I mean, he's like the definition of bum. Uh, I'm a Bears fan, so I uh, concur completely with all of that. <laughs> is he still cashing those checks? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he is. Uh, him and his family are, are set. He didn't have to play Ooh, that, another damn that day. Contract. Because, Ooh, that was like Brock Osweiler territory. Because the Chicago Bears had to give Mike Glennon big-time guaranteed money to come in as a free agent. Mike Glennon. I will never get over that, ever. Um, yeah, I concur, and I have nothing else to add because you said it all, pretty much. All right, uh, NFC North action, Minnesota and Detroit uh, injury news in this one. Both teams are missing their starting running backs. They both have shoulder injuries. Dalvin Cook is out for Minnesota, and DeAndre Swift is out for Detroit. Vikings 5-6, and six, Detroit 0-10-1, still looking for that first win. Uh, Vikings are big favorites on the road, minus seven and a half at the Lions. Yeah, and I believe uh, are we back to Jared Goff now? Yeah, he's he's so he the, took back over on Thanksgiving. So the merry-go-round continues. I guess they saw enough of of the great Tim Boyle. Oh, that guy! That was one of the worst uh, starts special. of the year. That was that was yeah, that was special. That was that was uh, Cam Newton level. Yeah, that, that game that he had against Cleveland uh, was that Cleveland that he had that one. Oh man, the game. Yeah, it was, it was awful. Just, 
They covered that number against Cleveland because Cleveland is, you know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, both of these teams missing their running back affects one of them way more than the other, and that would be the Vikings minus uh, Dalvin Cook. So I, I think it would be easy uh, to crap all over the Lions, but you know what? They, they've tried. I, I give them credit. They, they usually, even if they're bad, they, they at least – they, they give you the effort, right? They they put in the effort against the Bears. <laughs> uh, they covered that number. Uh, they, they, they're a little more rested. Uh, they get Goff back. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he plays with a chip on his shoulder for a half or a quarter. Or who knows? I'm gonna I'm gonna take these points. I don't like it at all. I can see this one going either way. <laughs> I said I was gonna name that uh, the show. Uh, I see. I, I think I could see it going either way, but I forgot to do that. Um. Yeah, that, that's sort of our season model overall. Uh, the Vikings played these uh, – the Lions played these Vikings, I should say, very tough uh, as well in their first meeting back in week five. They uh, had a, had to come back, the Vikings did, to beat the, the Lions 19-17 yeah. up in, in Minnesota. Uh, well, that was the crazy was, game where the, Vi- the Lions thought they had the win. Mm-hmm. And then Kirk um, Cousins uh, went right down the field and got the field goal. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, Greg Joseph actually won the game. With, they don't always miss in Minnesota. Sometimes they actually hit the game-winning field goal. Um, and Greg Joseph won it for for them. Uh, Dalvin Cook was hurt in that game as well. So Alexander Madison, the uh, backup running back for the Vikings, uh, had a big day uh, in that one as well. Ran for 113 yards. So uh, we know we already know he can do well against Detroit. Um, but yeah, they they like you said they play tough. The Lions do sometimes. Sometimes they get squished, but uh, they played the Vikings tough. Uh, Mike Zimmer, uh, as I was talking about earlier, sounds like he wants to trust Kirk Cousins more. I actually Uh-oh. read something. Uh, I read something about quote let Kirk cook. Like this is what they want to do now with uh, with the Dalvin Cook injury. That's not good. Again, that offense is so delicate. They need to be balanced. And if they're not, and they're, they're relying too much on Kirk Cousins, it doesn't go well. He, he gives you those uh, Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield decisions every now and then where you go, wow, why did you do that? Um, I, I'm going to concur with you and take the points and take the Lions to, to keep it close. I, I'm not going to go out on a limb and, and give them their first win like like we tried to do on Thanksgiving. That didn't work out for us. Um, we were but, but yeah. But they we were very close. They were right there and very easily could have won that game. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're going to take the, the points. They're going to take the Lions to fight. They fought with Minnesota once already, and we'll see if they're going to do it again. So we will uh, concur on that one. It's sad because uh, I kind of find myself, like, kind of secretly hoping the Lions do get a win. I don't want to see them lose every game. I'm with you. I don't I don't want to see them lose every game either, even though I think their coach is a meathead and doesn't know what he's doing. Yep. They're and bad. I think they're, they're they're, bad. their quarterback is not good. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're not a good organization. They're not a good team. But I don't think they're 0-16-1 bad. I, I really don't. Uh, on to AFC South, quote-unquote, action. Indianapolis at Houston. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, Colts are now up to 6-6. Six and six, uh, So they're one of the teams that hasn't had their bye yet. Um, and Houston is at 2-9. and nine. Uh, Houston's backfield is so beat up as far as running backs go. David Johnson is not working out. They they got rid of uh, Mark Ingram. He's with the uh, back with the with the Saints now. Uh, Houston is such a bad shape. Their lead back tomorrow might be Rex Burkhead. 
Like it's <laughs> getting to the dregs with, with Houston. <laughs> Maybe they should have been in the market for Adrian Peterson. I don't know. Uh, so that's what the Texans are looking at. Colts are, of course, big favorites uh, in, over that unit. Uh, they are minus 10 on the road at Houston. Yeah, this is okay. I'm going to tell you what right now. If Carson Wentz has more than 20 passing attempts, they should just fire Frank Reich. <laughs> this is the number 31 run defense in the league. If, if I'm sorry. If Jonathan Taylor doesn't go for at least two hundo, Fire Frank Reich on Monday morning because he obviously doesn't understand what their pathway to success is. I don't. I, I think the one pathway to success for the Colts will be good enough in this game. <laughs> this is one of those ones where, yeah, the, the matchup just just isn't quite there, and and the, the Colts defense is they're, they're all right, but Houston's DFL on offense. This this has got blowout written all over it, uh, especially bouncing back after a, like a tough loss. You know, so the good teams, you know, and, and, and the Colts are good. They're not great, but they're a good team. I think they bounced back from that tough loss after two weeks ago, blowing the Bills' doors off, and everybody like, ooh, ooh keep an eye on these Colts. Uh, yeah, w- w- want to take out your frustration? Yeah, go play the Texans. I'll take the Colts. You don't think uh, Houston's going to take advantage of the Colts uh, not doing what they're supposed to do like Tampa Bay did? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Uh, the Colts definitely did what they had to do in week six against this uh, Texans outfit in Indianapolis to beat them 31 to three. Wentz had two touchdowns in that game and so did Jonathan Taylor. Uh, and your boy General Mills had two INTs. Uh, so this will not be General Mills. This, of course, is Tyrod Taylor back for the Texans. Uh, it shouldn't make a difference. I'm not going to pick Houston to be outgained by 200 yards and win the game like they did uh, against Tennessee. <laughs> Um, maybe the Colts actually run this time. Maybe they actually do they, what they're they, supposed maybe to do. Do what they're, yeah. Possibly. Um, so I will concur with you and take Indy and give the 10. Um, I will not go as strong as you and say that they should be, uh, that Frank Reich should be fired if they don't give, ta- uh, if, uh, what do you say, if Carson Wentz throws more than 20? If Carson Wentz <laughs> throws for more than 20 attempts and Jonathan Taylor doesn't run for two hundo, fire Frank Reich on Monday morning. <laughs> There, you heard it, folks. Jay is on record. Uh, Chargers and Bengals. Uh, L.A. is 6-5, and five, Cincinnati 7-4, and four, and L.A. has to come out to Cincy in an early matchup, which may not be in their favor. 3-2 uh, and two on the road, Cincy 3-2 and two at home. Cincy definitely uh, impressed me with the way they handled uh, the Steelers uh, and the Chargers. Uh, we know that's going to be – the, the big matchup and the big uh, hype talking point is uh, Justin Herbert against Joe Burrow, those two out of the same draft class, and we'll see how they match up in this one. Uh, we got the cop-out line for this, Chargers plus three at the Bengals. Yeah, which, which defense breaks? Is it the lousy Cincinnati pass defense or the DFL Clipper <laughs> Chargers rush defense? Uh, you know, I'm going to give the edge here to the Bengals at home. Again, you know, in Cincinnati, we could have, you know, the cooler weather, you know, riled up fans. Bengals look, you know, somewhat very impressive so far. They And, again, they're not bum-slaying. Their wins have been quality. I mean, so it's not like the Bengals are just going out there beating the, the Jets and the Texans and the Jaguars every week. They're, they're beating good teams. 
And the Chargers are they're they're, 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 they're right? They're eight. They're they're an eight team. They're they're a one man band. It's it's Justin Herbert, right? Trying to put the team on his back. Cincinnati's pass defense isn't very good, so I could see that. I think this is going to be. I like the over on this game, um, but I'm going to take Cincinnati if I'm forced to pick. Even though this is you know smelling pushy, but I'll, I'll take Cincinnati and uh, and give the three. I think Joe Mixon um, becomes that factor too because it, it, again th- that run D for the Chargers is so bad. You try to stop Joe Mixon, and uh oh. Here comes Jamar Chase. Everybody uh, opening up for uh, for Cincinnati. The rest of the field opening up for the Bengals. Yeah, yeah. Um, I concur for for that very reason. That uh, oh. the Bengals have shown me that they know that they have a, a, a solid running back and a solid running game, and that they can go to that when they need to. And I think this is the game that you go to that when you're facing the worst run defense in football. And yeah, it's sitting right there for for the Bengals. The, the pathway to victory is to uh, keep running and keep running and hammer hammer that ball uh, on the ground until uh, the Chargers do something to adjust to that, and then that opens up play action for for Jamar Chase and uh, all the other uh, Bengals weapons. So, yeah, this seems like uh, should go Cincinnati's way. I'm I'm concurring with you on that one. Uh, a lot of concurring early uh, in the early games. Uh, we're down yeah. on a, a couple of them, so it's not so bad. Uh, moving on to the late games now, Jacksonville going out to Los Angeles and those L.A. Rams and, oh, what is wrong with the Rams and can they right the ship? Well, there's a great chance to right the ship playing the Jaguars. Uh, Daryl Henderson has a quad injury at running back for the Rams. He should, if he does play, he should split time with Sonny Michelle. Uh, and, of course, Odell Beckham, as I talked about before, has some sort of hip injury after he scored a long touchdown last week. So he's sort of up in the air for tomorrow. Uh, the best cornerback for the Jags, uh, Shaquille Griffin, is still concussed. He's not going to play, so that should uh, give the Rams uh, and Matthew Stafford uh, another great path for success if they can mount it. It's the biggest spread of the week, so the public thinks they're going to rebound back. The Jags are plus 13 at the Rams. Yeah, Rams go on the road and lose and get to come home and play the Jaguars, right? I mean, it'd be 13-point favorites. So, so people still obviously believe in the Rams. They're going to give them almost two – Two touchdown favorite here uh, at home hosting the really bad Jaguars team. So, yeah, nothing's going to make you get better or turn your season around or make you feel really good about what you're doing than having Jacksonville come to town on the cross-country trip. Um, You you know, I think sometimes we want to be the smartest guy in the room when it comes to the lock of the week. And and we we do try to avoid these big lines. No, this isn't going to be a competitive game. Rams coming back off of a, of, a, of a tough loss. They get to feast all day long on Jacksonville, you know, in the air, on the ground. It doesn't matter. Jacksonville has no shot. I'm going to take the Rams here, squish, and lock it up. Come on, Stafford. Anytime you want to wake up. Come on, buddy. Let's go. Um, I'm not, I don't have the balls of Jason. I'm not going not gonna to lock you up the way you've been playing because you haven't earned that from me, but – yeah, it's, it is a very nice soft landing spot. Can't get much cushier than the Jags, and I will concur and give the 13. Come on, Stafford, anytime you want. Um, hopefully Jason locking you up will, will do it for you because he's been the man with the locks. So that that should bode well for you, that's for sure. Uh, so I'm definitely rooting for that. All right, no one's locking this one. This is a tight one. Washington, Vegas. This is back and forth. Uh, should be a very close matchup. 
Potato skins are five and six, and look who's the hot team in the NFC. We were making fun of nobody a couple weeks ago having a long winning streak or a winning streak longer than one game in the NFC, and look now the longest winning streak in the NFC belongs to the Washington Potato Skins, who have won uh, three in a row. And they're taking on the Vegas Raiders at six and five, who themselves are starting to turn it around and play a little better after all of the things that they went through. They had the big victory over the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Uh, Washington, only a one-point dog at Vegas. I, I'm not sure why this line is only one. So I'm, I'm taking the Raiders because it feels like a little bit of a gift line that the line has actually moved a couple of points in Washington's direction. The Raiders only right. do one. The Raiders have one play, right? What's their one play? It's the Derek Carr YOLO ball, right? <laughs> That's it. That's their one play. What does Washington do really bad? Oh, yeah, they can't defend the pass. <laughs> They're brutal on the back end. Uh, Derek Carr lights them up. I, I'll take the Raiders here and, and give that point. <laughs> that whole point. Yeah. Uh, the, the potato skin safety Landon Collins is out with a foot injury. That's not going to help their back end. Uh, but the Raiders are missing a weapon. Their tight end, Darren Waller, will not play with a knee injury. Uh, th- but this one, if, if you're a fan of style clashes, uh, this yeah. is a game you want to dial up. This is the two most opposite offensive game plans you could possibly come across because uh, the potato skins are trying to grind it out and extend every drive, and the Raiders are just trying to throw it up and get as many big yards through the air as they possibly can. The Pro Football Focus podcast had a great line. They called Washington uh, Service Academy Ball because it reminded them of the Army-Navy games where they're just trying to (laughs) run the ball 16 times uh, on every drive and make every drive 10 minutes long and just try to uh, stretch it out as long as possible. I Um, I believe when, when you and I would play Madden against each other, you called it the Novocaine offense. Oh, geez. That I would just grind you out. Uh, just you know, convert every third down by one yard and just keep the drive alive. Eighteen play drive, moving. yeah. Oh my God, yeah, definitely remember those days. Uh, yeah, if, if Washington can get after Derek Carr, um, the, those Novocaine drives would work. So that led me. This is such a tight one. I had to go a, a little deeper in the stats. I wanted to see which team uh, is worse at, at sack percentage who's giving up the most sacks because both these teams we know can get after quarterbacks so th- i figured the team that protects better is going to win and that number is pretty close too but there is a, a demarcation uh the potato skins are protecting uh at a 6.1 percent clip so that's 6.1 percent of, of the time uh, taylor heineke is getting sacked and vegas is at 5.7 so a little better protection, very slightly uh, better for Derek Carr. Combine that with the, the Washington Potato Skins losing some defensive uh, weapons, most notably Chase Young, um, and I will concur with you and, and take uh, the Vegas Raiders. After all of that, I came to the same conclusion as you, and it only took you three seconds. It took me, yeah, it took me to realize that the Raiders have one play. Go deep. <laughs> and Washington, and Washington probably Washington won't stop can't it. stop that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Ravens-Steelers, uh, first meeting uh, for those two divisional rivals. They usually get after each other, uh, but who knows? Who knows how much fight the, the Steelers have right now after what they've been going through, and who knows what to make of the Ravens when their quarterback is running out there uh, throwing the ball away four times in the, in the same game, even though they won the game. Uh, so Baltimore 8-3, and three, Pittsburgh 5-5-1. Five, five and one. 
Uh, Steelers thought they were going to lose T.J. Watt to the goop, but he got cleared, so he's going to play. The cornerback, Joe Hayden, is still out with a foot injury, and their big man, the defensive lineman, court, uh, Cam Hayward, uh, is ill. So look out to see if he's going to play for uh, for the Steelers in that one. Uh, Baltimore is the favorite on the road. They are minus four at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, you know, this, this feels just like one of those gut kind of picks. Like, you know, I'm not really looking at too much into the numbers. I'm not looking at the stats. It's the Ravens and the Steelers. If you, you know, it's, it's like I said with the Falcons and the Saints, right? It feels like they're kind of always destined to play a close game. I looked at last year's results. They both were, both games were tight. I believe there was a four-point and a five-point game in the two games they played last year. Uh, these teams, they don't these they don't like each other, <laughs> right? Yeah. They just don't. Um, and Baltimore, that, that, ooh, that offensive effort, that quote unquote effort that they <laughs> had last week, just some you know, we always they go through these stretches where something's not right. This is two is this two broken offenses playing against each other? <laughs> ah. Ah, God, take the under on this one. I'll take the Steelers and the points, even though I'm done with them. Done with the Steelers, but you're taking the points. Okay. Yeah. Well, big shot Lamar. That was uh, what the, what he was looking like early in the season. That uh, the offense didn't look broken at all. It looked like it was fixed. It looked like the biggest problem they've been having all this time with Lamar Jackson was some downfield consistency, and it looked like he had found it. And not so much. Uh, maybe maybe he lost it again in that week that he missed uh, with whatever illness he had. So. Uh, it was only one game, uh, so it doesn't necessarily mean they're they're broken again. But yeah, it was very concerning for us to sit there and watch a nationally televised game and watch Lamar Jackson consistently throw the ball to the other team over and over and over again. Uh, he's putting the ball out there way too much for for that. Now the question is, can the Steelers take advantage? And you know, that's a broken team. Period. Just not just the yeah. offense. That whole team. Uh, seems to be broken and having a crisis of confidence. And uh, again, how the hell do you get your ass beat twice by the Bengals in the same year? That's just I, I don't, just I don't quite understand it. They got whooped. Yeah, they, they it wasn't competitive. It was not competitive. Was it, I think it was thirty-one to three at the half or something like that. Like they didn't yeah. even try. Um, yeah, but Ben is awful too. So that's why I, I got to go with the with the Ravens. Uh, not just for Lamar maybe coming back after the the one bad game and, and riding the ship, but also because Ben looks so washed. Like you, you got – when you look that washed that they're putting out articles about you uh, that it's your last year with the team and, and you're, you know, contemplating this and contemplating that, like in the middle of the season this is this is leaking out. Like you're that bad that they have to leak these stories in the middle of – you're still trying to play football – uh, and you're still a 500 team, so it's not like you're just dead in the water. Uh, but that's how bad you look. These these things are leaking and coming out. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Ravens uh, to, to figure things out. Uh, you know, again, going back to coaching, if you got to trust one of these two coaches to figure things out, I'm going to trust uh, John Harbaugh, even though uh, it, it might be a that's so Ravens situation. I certainly hope not. Uh, on to the NFC West, San Francisco visiting Seattle, another situation where a team looks done, Russell Wilson uh, and the Seahawks. Uh, that, you talk about a broken offense. Oof, they really can't get it going. Uh, but the Niners uh, had Debo really doing things for them on the ground, in the air. Uh, definitely did it big in the air in their first meeting in uh, week four. Uh had the, a big game for the, the 49ers. It wasn't enough because the Seahawks still won in Santa Clara 28-21. to 21. Uh, 
but this one, Debo will not be there. He has got a groin injury. And we talked about uh, Adrian Peterson signing on for the Seahawks, which is perfect because that's just uh, it's right on brand for the Seahawks and the way they're they're doing things is to bring in Adrian Peterson off the street to, to try to run for them. Uh, 49ers at six and five are minus three and a half at the three and eight Seahawks. You want to talk about where we are at this point in the season with Seattle. What was the last time we saw a team that was DFL on offense? and defense they're not but they're, but they're damn close. close they're dfl on, on defense and 31st in offense <laughs> that is awful I, I mean that's not even a consolation like hey it, at least we're not the worst in both um <laughs> uh, no I, I i'm you talk about it's not only i'm done with the steelers i'm really done with the seahawks i had them i, I have punched their ticket for last place before the season started and they have not disappointed they are really awful. I give Russell Wilson credit for coming back from the injury, but nothing, nothing's working for them. They can't throw. They can't run. They play no. They play zero defense. And this is Kyle Shanahan now getting a little maybe revenge game against a team that beat them early in the season. Yeah, it's going to be bad. I'm going to take San Francisco here. And they've been a team that's trending up as far as, as far as I'm concerned. I think they've been trending. Uh, I think they're a bit on the upward swing here. Yeah, they definitely are. Um, but it's going to have to be yet another game plan switch for Kyle Shanahan because he switched up and started to use Debo Samuel as a running back and uh, was you know scaring up some points and some new ways to score. And now he's going to have to go in another different direction. Uh, without Debo uh, as a weapon, I think that's a big, big deal because that's how uh, important Debo had been playing uh, the last couple of weeks. Um, the Seahawks franchise being broken might allow them to switch up and find a new game plan, and, and I think I would still take San Fran straight up uh, to find a way to win the game, but I'm just going to take the points. That hook scares me a little bit. Uh, Russell Wilson continuing to play like crap scares me a little bit because he's capable of uh, throwing his YOLO balls and uh, getting everything figured out just in, in one fell swoop. You never know. Yeah, hell, he did it in the in the first matchup. Uh, that was a game where they, again, had like five three and outs to start the game, the Seahawks did. Uh, so they looked about as inept as they'd been looking, and then they just magically sort of turned it around, and Wilson had uh, three touchdowns uh, in that game, uh, including one rushing. Uh, so, yeah, they might snap their fingers again and while San Fran is trying to readjust and figure out their, their offense uh, once again. Uh, this is all, you know, Shannon is just trying to do whatever he can to not rely on his, his quarterback. He clearly is doing all of this in service of not having to rely on Janine Garoppolo. So while he figures that out there, there might be a, an avenue uh, and a way for the Seahawks to slip in and, and stay competitive. So I'm going to take the points there and, and, and get a little cute. Oh, you're getting cute. All right. Yeah, this is getting a little cute. On Sunday Night Football, the Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs, AFC West. Uh, the Broncos at 6-5, and five, Kansas City at 7-4. and four. You never know what's going on with the Chiefs. This is yet another team that, you, that you, you talked about. There's no dominant teams in the NFL. they all got flaws. they all got issues with them where you kind of look at them with a, with a raised eyebrow and go, mm, I don't know. Uh, but the Chiefs are coming off the bye. We know how that is with Andy Reid, uh, that great track record with them. Denver will not have their running back, Melvin Gordon. He's got a hip injury, so the rookie, uh, Javante Williams, gets the nod, gets all the uh, the refs for the Broncos. Uh, Denver, big underdogs, plus 10 at Kansas City. 
Yeah, and the way the, the lines are looking on this game, the way the, the betting is going, a lot of action going towards the Broncos on this one. So, you know, pe- people are believing in the Broncos. Maybe maybe, they, maybe they're maybe they going conspiracy here on the theory that, you know, if the Broncos, the Chargers, and the Raiders all win their games this week, every team in the AFC West will have seven wins. Oh, jeez. That's, that's the kind of stuff I love. Right, like you end up with a scenario like that where you could have four, seven, and five teams all in one division. That's just crazy. Yeah, that would be yeah. chaos. That yeah, that would be. I I would love to pick that, but I'm not going to. I'm 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 gonna, I'm gonna actually be in the minority on this one and give the points. The Chiefs feel like, you know, we talk about the Chiefs a lot, right? The Chiefs are bored. The Chiefs, you know, they're just kind of putzing their way through the season. They're not. They, they don't. You know, they they just expect to kind of be there. You know, oh, what's wrong with Patrick Mahomes? Then you look up and go, oh, wait, that's the number two offense in football. <laughs> and they're not even trying. Like, they haven't been any good offensively. They've had games where we look at them and go, they're absolutely broken. And you look up at this point of the season, now we're into December, and that broken off, quote unquote, broken offense yeah. is number two in football. I feel like that the Chiefs are coming off that bye, getting ready to just kind of go on that run to to get it round off in the playoff form here, and get back to being the Chiefs. So I'm gonna I'll give them all. Yeah, you're, what would you say? What were you saying about uh, not trying to overthink locks and whatnot? Keep it simple, stupid. Andy Reid <laughs> off a bye. The <laughs> bye. It's all you needed. Keep it simple, stupid. But shockingly, we are in the minority against the betting public on this. I mean, I, I guess just okay because the Chiefs have have had those moments where they make you go, "Ooh, what's wrong with the Kansas City Chiefs?" But oh, Patrick Mahomes out. is throwing all these picks, number two offense in football, <laughs> and they're bad. That, that I think that just tells you what the expectations are for the Chiefs, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you. Well, I mean, you see Steph Curry, you know, miss some threes in a row and you go, what's wrong with Steph Curry? And you don't realize he's still leading the world in threes by a mile. It's uh-huh. kind of similar to, to, to what Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. Yeah. Number four passing uh, in yards per game. Number four broken. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Monday night, this is, this is going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. First of two meetings this year between the bills and the Patriots. And here comes the evil empire, the vengeance of Belichick. Uh, like a Marvel villain, will he uh, lead his Patriots uh, all the way past the Bills? They've racked up all these wins. They're technically in first place at the moment because they haven't had their bye yet, so they're uh, a game ahead of Buffalo in the win column. Uh, they get their first of two with Buffalo. They're at Buffalo on Monday night. That absolutely should be an insane environment up there uh, in Buffalo with Bills Mafia. And who's going to come out on top? New England is the slight underdog plus two and a half at Buffalo. This game, you would talk about, yeah, this is like what, when the schedule came out, I don't think anybody looked at what this would be like. This has like game of the year potential. You know, you've got the Bills mm-hmm. who are supposed to be like, they are going to be in control of this division for years because the Patriots had fallen apart. And Bill Belichick gets that thing retooled in what two years? Not year and a half. Goes not not so fast. Um, hmm. It'll be very interesting to see what that New England offense can do uh, because uh, ha ha ha. 
this is the number one defense in football and quote unquote uh, number one defense in football, uh, um, which just doesn't, it doesn't, it, something doesn't feel right. I, I, Cause the bills have been, they, they've, they've so many bad teams, but then they've come up so small against good teams. It gets really hard to trust the bills. And then you take the other side of that, which goes, yeah, but this is like, this is their chance, right? This is their spot. They're playing the Patriots. They can put some separation on them in the division. Like, if you are really going to be, like, that ascendant team, if you want to be a Super Bowl contender and you're doing this at home, you have to win this game. I'm still taking the Patriots. Patriots are going to win the game. I'm I'm going with the GOAT coach um, against Josh Allen and the Bills, who I I think we're expecting to kind of coast through this season, and I don't think they're going to be ready for this fight. Yeah, that's uh, that, that would seem to be a, a, I think a popular thought or popular opinion. Actually, I the, was a little... I, again, the Bills are the heavy. Uh, bills are getting all the action. I mean, uh, I was surprised the, by that. Yeah, Bills are getting most of the uh, most of the most of the action from the the, the betters this week, uh, based on what it says on covers dot com here. Yeah, yeah, no, I was I was surprised. I really was uh, thinking that this this line was going to be either a, a put a, a pick them. Uh, or maybe even uh, oh. New England, a, a possible one-point favorite or something, because they've just been uh, steamrolling wow. people, and the that Bills been, have not. That would have been crazy disrespect against the Bills. Right, but have have the Bills not earned that disrespect by the way they played this year? Against but good just, teams, yes. Right, yeah, killing uh, bums and, and coming up small against the, the better teams, as you pointed out. Yeah, uh, and not just that, uh, but – uh, you know what I've been talking about. I know I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. The the metaphor of a, about being in a gym, and if you lay down on that bench and you keep lifting that bar uh, without any weights on it, yeah, and thinking you're, oh, I'm getting in shape now. I'm getting strong. I'm getting ready. And then here comes some big forty five pound weights on on either side and slide them big plates on. It's not going to go well for you because you're not built up. The bills are out of shape. Out of practice, however you want to phrase it or call it, they have not been building themselves up against good teams. They have been building themselves up against bums. And then when good teams come along, they look like they're out of practice. They look like they're out of shape. And that has not changed. That My opinion of that has not changed as the season has gone on. Um, not only that, but what an absolute terrible, awful time uh, building up your number one defense uh, and then losing your shutdown cornerback, Tredavious White, who tore his ACL in their last game. And now you get to play the good teams in the second half of the season without your shutdown corner. That's just awful, awful timing on the Bills' part. I actually feel sorry for them. This is just, this is a shitty-ass break. There's no other way to put that. Uh, but now here come New England and Mac Jones and the and the 7.9 yards per throw offense that the Patriots are putting together with guys um, that I don't know how they're doing it, but they're doing it. The evil empire is doing it again. Um, and yeah, so everything just lines up uh, for the Patriots, in the favor of the Patriots, in the favor of the evil empire, uh, and against the, the Buffalo Bills who thought they had everything going in their favor and thought they were just going to coast to the division title and just keep going and building on what they've been doing uh, in the last few years, building their franchise and yeah, I'm gonna concur with you and take the Patriots and take the uh, the Evil Empire and take the the Hall of Fame coach 
uh, yeah, just everything is is against Buffalo right now, and everything is on the side uh, of the Patriots. And I, I hope this doesn't lead to the Patriots actually coming through and shocking the world and winning the division. But I don't know. I, it, I don't want to call that, but I wouldn't necessarily be surprised. More on our after show. to our VIP after show program. Yeah, that's that game Monday night is going to be a, a barn burner. Uh, that is must see TV to see what happens in that one because it feels like it feels bigger than what it is. It's just one of two divisional matchups, but uh, it almost feels like a referendum on the Bills and their progress. Like if they don't represent and show themselves in this game, like they're going to be uh, in in uh, jeopardy of being called frauds by everybody the next day Tuesday morning if they don't show up Monday night. Yeah, not even – it's okay if you lose, but don't get embarrassed if you're Buffalo. Yeah, show, right? show up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Don't do not do what you did against the Colts. Don't do what you did against the Titans. Uh, geez, who, uh, they, they had other ones too. Um, yeah. Don't, don't, don't do what you did against Jacksonville. Oh, my God. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> So don't don't be those guys. You, you got to show up now. If the Bills, could, now we don't have it picked this way because we we're, we're going with what we've been seeing, right? We're going with that trend and, and just the way the Bills have played. If the Bills go out there and they just annihilate the Patriots, hey, you know what? Golf clap for them, right? Yep. Uh, hat tip. Yep. Tip you woke up. You showed us because that's what we just keep asking you to do, Buffalo. Every time you get these big games, show up. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to keep picking against Buffalo against good, against good teams until <laughs> they show they can beat one, right? This is easy. Exactly. Keeping it simple. Until you show up, until you show us that you deserve to be trusted against real competition, we're going to keep picking against your ass. So, yeah, yeah the, Bills have, the Bills have six games left, two against the Patriots and one against Tampa. And then the other three are Carolina, Atlanta, and the Jets. <laughs> you know what I – and the way the Bills are playing, that smells like three and three. Exactly. How did this – how did they get a schedule where they played no middling teams? They're all either bums or really good. I don't understand. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, have the Bill, yeah, have the Bills just played an, an okay team yet? Like a, like, a, like a league average team? No, it's like they're – they're playing just absolute garbage, or they're playing a you know an elite team. And I don't know if the Patriots are quite elite, but they're you, really good. They're, they're playing not playing that way right now. They're playing really, really good. How's that? They're, they're eight and four. They're not middling. No. And the last time the Bills played the Patriots last season, they beat them thirty-eight to nine. <laughs> Obviously, well, that was a different team, right? That was yeah. the that wasn't even the Cam Newton Patriots. I don't even God, who was even a quarterback. Was that? Oh, oh, what's his name? I can't even think of him. I uh, can't either. The guy they, the guy that Belichick liked, but he was really a bum. Was it Stidham? Stid, Jared Stidham, or was it some <laughs> random Hoyer? You know, or random Allen? I, I don't know who it was. Oh, uh, you, you got me curious. I, I'm reaching for my old sheets from last year to see if I have it written down uh, who their starter was. Uh. But what, what I don't even know what week that was. Oh, there it is. Monday night, Buffalo uh, thirty-eight, New England nine. I do not have who the quarterback was. 
Uh, whoever, I can, I can, I can tell you through four grand. I can tell you right, it was Jared. It, actually, it was Jared <laughs> Stidham and Cam Newton both oh. played in that game. Uh, Stidham and Newton. Okay, these are combined stats. <laughs> this is both of them together. This is you know Stidton. <laughs> Uh, went nine for twenty-one for seventy-eight yards. That Cam was total. Jarrett. That was both of them together. Cam Jarrett Stinton. Yeah, seventy-eight Actually, I'm sorry, we'll yards. Call him, we'll call him Cam Jarrett Stuton. There you go. And he went yeah. combined. Went nine for twenty-one for seventy-eight yards. And uh, project goes for three forty-four in that game against that retooled uh, New England defense that yeah. had a, a whole lot of guys missing. So I want to see that again, uh, you know, not only show up, but project go for, you know, go for 300 against this defense. See what you got against these guys. Last year was a whole different animal. Uh, so I, I, I want to see that. Yeah. And no reason for the bills not to dominate this game. They're healthier. They have all the weapons I, other than Tredavious white. They're not really missing anybody critical on offense at all. So they've got all the weapons. You know, they've, they should have Diggs. They'll have Beasley. They'll have the running backs. Even though the running backs suck. Um, yeah. But they'll have everybody out there. There's no excuses for them, and we're still picking against them. <laughs> they, they haven't, they, we just don't, they haven't shown it. Trust. Prove it we to have us. zero trust. Yeah, if, if they make us eat this one, hey, good for them. You showed us, but they have showed us nothing against any good opposition this year at all. And it's not even like those games that they lost to those good teams were close. They've been desperate for running help. I I believe last game they went to Matt Breida, the Niners cast off. uh, Just looking for anything. Adrian Peterson will be on the Bills by next week. Oh, God. (laughs) He's just going to try to play for every team in the league. No, I think he's with the the team. I think this is perfect. I think this is a perfect landing spot. Is the old tired, stale ass Seahawks uh, oh, to man. sign the old tired, stale ass Adrian Peterson? I think that's a perfect match for them. Was Sean Alexander unavailable? <laughs> it reminds me of the fact that Jerry Rice's last uh, landing spot was yeah. in Seattle. Nobody remembers. Oh, that. I see. So this is where the great ones just go to die. The, the graveyard of legends, last place. <laughs> It's not exactly. Joe Montana should have played his last game in, in Seattle. <laughs> Brett Favre yeah. could have gone and thrown a pick in his last pass for the Seahawks. <laughs> that's my favorite. That's my favorite stat that the last pass that Brett Favre threw for every team he played for was a pick. <laughs> I just love that it was the Bears that ended his career, the, the, the last shot that he took. And it was a pick. And it was a pick. And it was a pick. Ugh. Yeah, that's uh, so. You got a uh, guess on our our differences? We only had a couple early. Three? Uh, were we that much kumbaya? Uh, looks like well, it was definitely two, three. Yeah, uh, too four? late. Yeah, too late and too early. So four. too late. Okay. Oh yeah, because you took Seattle. Mm-hmm. Took the points. Got cute. But you agreed with me on some I didn't think you would, which I was like, oh, man, I was hoping you – I was hoping you would have taken Washington. I know <laughs> oh, you labored on that one. I did. I had to go deeper into the numbers and try to figure out what angle I yeah. wanted to take. Yeah, that's... yeah but, 
But these games that we disagree on, though, it's like the Eagles and the Jets. I still don't want to watch that. I still wouldn't watch that game. <laughs> you took the Cardinals because uh, we have – but you have no – neither of us have any clue. Not a clue. Um, you know, that could be Colt McCoy and no DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins, yeah. but that doesn't seem like it stops them. But, no, I'm just playing that whole, you know, playing that weather angle there. Yeah, it's not going to be nice. That's, no, that's windy, wet. Weird, you yeah. know, it feels like one of those weird kind of games. I think Arizona is one of those teams that wants to play clean. I, I get that sense about them. They don't like it messy. Yeah, I don't think they want to play a muddy, a, a mutter. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're not mutters. They're, they're a very pretty team. They they have a very pretty yeah. offense. They're not trying to grind things out. So, no, I, I understand that point. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe maybe Baby Terminator is ready to, to grind one out for them. Who knows? Hey, oh man, Baby Terminator. So yeah, you you've uh, had your uh, roughness going on at, at work, and and Ugh. you were telling me you usually have uh, some vacation time right after all that Black Friday stuff, but but not this year. No, not this year. I saved it all up for the holiday, for the actual for Christmas this year. So I got a whole whole bunch of time off around Christmas this year. So I'm excited about that. I get a lot of time home with the with the kids, and, you know, family and. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be pretty well beat by the time we get to Christmas. And, and think about it. By that time, we'll still have about three more football weeks left to the pick. Oh my God! Yeah, it's gonna be interesting how we're gonna to want to do our shows for Christmas weekend because Christmas Eve is a Friday night. Probably don't want to do the show that night. Um, yeah, I remember we briefly discussed that a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it was probably going to wind Christmas up being Thursday. Thursday night, because there are Saturday games too. Mm-hmm. So we could always, you know, we can always uh, do the show on Thursday night. You know, we always have the right to to change our picks. I mean, we, sure. one of us can text the other one or throw it up on uh, like Twitter or something if one of us was to call an audible, but. Yeah, I've got a feeling that's the, that's the only week I think we're going to end up having to do a you know non regular one. Obviously, though, uh, New Year's week would be about the same, so we might have two Thursday shows in a row. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the week 17 and 18. It looks like there's no Thursday game scheduled or Saturday for either one of those weeks. Oh, okay. So for the so we could do a show on New Year's night, right? So we could do a show on January 1 because there's no yes. Saturdays that week. Okay, so that, that actually works out. I mean, um, so we just end up doing that one Thursday. And then week 16, the only uh, – yeah, because it's, you're not going to want to do a podcast Saturday night, Christmas night, and you're not going to want to do it on New Year on Christmas Eve. Well, there's games on Christmas Day. There is. Yeah, there's games on Saturday. I know the Packers play on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, That's no, I don't true. want to do a show on Christmas night. <laughs> right. So yeah, that's about the only other alternative I could think of is, is Thursday during that Thursday night game between the Niners and the Titans. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, doing the yeah. show will be better than watching that game. <laughs> Might be doing some people a, a favor by having a show during that game. You don't have to watch the game. We'll we'll, we'll keep an eye on it for you while we're doing our show, we'll, probably. We'll, We'll try not to live stream it, you know, where we uh, 
I mean, if something crazy happens, we've, there's been a couple oh, yeah. of times where we were doing a show during a game and just the craziest shit started happening. And we're like, oh, my God, you won't believe what just happened. I remember us being live on air. Um, I forget what show we were doing, but it was it was an April show when we were watching uh, Kyle Schwerber get his knee blown out by Dexter Fowler. Oh, yeah. I remember us being live on air when that happened because we were talking about um, – I remember. I don't remember what it was. It could have even been just like a an off season type show. Mm-hmm. But it was you know it was early April you know um, because it was like the first week of the season. And I remember us being live on air and you describe it to me happening. I was like, oh no. Yeah, I mean, you you don't want to see this. It, it's it's quite ugly. Yeah. So yeah, that's, yeah, those were the I days I was on the. Sometimes. I remember that because those were the days I was doing the show on my laptop, and I was down in the basement, wow. um, doing those shows. And I would always, I'd have such bad Wi-Fi down there. My laptop would always drop, and then I'd have to switch to the phone. Yep. So now where yeah, I'm at, where I'm at that. now has actually been very, uh, knock on wood, very, uh, very stable. You know, well, I've got a new computer, I've got new headphones, you know, I've got reasonably good internet. It, it, it likes to go out a lot, but it usually does it during the daytime. Hmm. Like every week when I'm on my days off, my internet's going to be down two, three times a day between like 10 and noon or 10 and one. It just all of a sudden just goes out. Nothing works. It's like crazy. Clockwork. Yeah. That's that spectrum. And then, then this, this internet is Comcast. Um, that flash that knocked us off the air last week. Yeah. That's not that's not uncommon, but uh, same with you. Dur- not usually during this time, not during Saturday nights. Usually it's during the day, um, yeah. in the afternoon. Sometimes, like it almost feels like when there's a that there's a surge, like when maybe when the kids are coming home from school or something, is when it starts to get a lot of internet action. And sometimes the internet goes in and out at that point. But Saturday night usually I, I don't have those issues. But that yeah, that was a that was a rare one. Um, and it wasn't well, at least a, it wasn't, a long time. At least it, it just, wasn't in the after show. At least we were able to recover from it pretty quick. Right. And, and at least it wasn't out, like, out, out. Like, oh, my God, I can't yeah. get back on. Uh, it just flashed off and flashed back on. But it all, that's all it takes is, you know, one little uh, internet, uh, you know, one little cutting of the connection to knock you off of uh, Blog Talk Radio, of course. So Yeah. So. But yeah. We yeah. Were able to I'm, recover. I'm, I'm ready to call it a night. Um yeah, I don't have anything pressing uh, to to talk about. The uh, hat tip and congratulations to my Memphis Grizzlies down here of the NBA, who oh. uh, all time uh, beating of the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder uh, a couple of nights ago, I believe. I think it was Thursday night. Uh, beat them by seventy three. What? Uh, yes, like one fifty nine to to, to eighty something. Oh. That's uh, like some NBA Live stuff right there. <laughs> right? Worst beating in the history of the NBA by the Memphis Grizzlies. And the kicker is that they're... That's shocking. I, I know. Oh, man. I was on Twitter when I saw it, and I was I was like, that, that, that can't be right. I wasn't even watching the games. I didn't really care about it. But when I saw that, uh, so I think David Aldridge was tweeting out the uh, there's an NBA team winning by 70 right now. And it's like, what? <laughs> it's the Grizzlies? 
the, the kicker of it all is that their best, most explosive player is the point guard, John Morant. He's hurt. He didn't play. He, well, they did this without yeah. John Moran on the floor. Like, what the hell? I don't know what got into them. I don't know what happened with the, the Oklahoma City Thunder, but I, I know that's a bad team, but to, to lose by 73, all-time ass whooping. So, so don't know why they, they happened to pull that out Thursday night, but congratulations to the Grizzlies for, for pulling out the whooping stick on the, on the Thunder. Yeah, didn't, I didn't. Didn't even know that you could have a blowout that bad in the NBA. That's some college level stuff. Like you said, video game. It's, uh, Man, reminds me of uh, yeah, NBA well, Live happened, '95. That could happen in college, though, and the team still didn't cover. <laughs> they were seventy-five point favorites. Unfortunately, they did not cover this spread. Right. Yes, uh, when when Incarnate Word visits the University of Kentucky and uh, they beat them by seventy something, but didn't cover the number yet. It's, I, I, I couldn't believe it when I saw it either. Um, yeah, I really don't think I have anything else uh, other than that uh, of, of pressing importance. Oh, okay. All right. So I got a couple, I guess I got some beer and big cup of water in me. That's, uh, <laughs> that's trying to get out. I, I'd say no more. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's our big football party tonight. Hopefully everybody enjoyed it and we got more. We got seven more weeks of it or six more weeks. Uh, and, your <laughs> and that's before the playoffs start. It's never going um, to end. <laughs> the longest season ever, and it is living up to its name. Uh, but we will be back next weekend to recap this. Uh, I think it's an interesting week. 13 is not the, the heaviest as far as there's not a whole lot of great games on it, but the, there's a couple that are really, really intriguing. That Monday nighter is really uh, intriguing to me. I, I want to see if the Steelers are going to completely collapse and just, com- you know, totally leave this, this earth and, and just not even try the rest of the year. Um, and, and I want to see uh, if, the, uh, if the Vikings are going to rely on uh, Kirk Cousins more and, and how, how that might look, because that might be some high comedy right there if that happens. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's going to be a a week that has some interest to it, uh, maybe not as much as others. Uh, but we will be back next week to recap that and to get you ready for week 14 in the longest season ever that just won't end. All right, we're done. He's Jay. I am Dre. This has been in much less detail, the podcast. Thank you all for listening and come back next weekend for our football party, recapping week 13 and looking forward to week 14. And we will talk to you then.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.